Here is a reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I didn't actually are. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys get a comment? What do you mean, like, find some? On utilitymuffinlabs.com. Out of all this list of games, the only one I have played is the Destiny expansion. But I'm sure you have opinions about games. Oh, yeah, I have, I have opinions and things about lots of stuff. Yeah, see, that's good. That's how you end up on podcasts. You have opinions. Hooray! Especially how I have to correct all the other podcasts that you listen to when they talk about Fallout. And I'm like, it's a Pip-Boy, it's not a Vault-Boy. Bugs the shit out of me. It's like saying the guy in Assassin's Creed is, you know, just a freelance. He's just an assassin for he's, hire. He's just a guy that runs around and sticks people. But he is. <laughs> yeah, so today's topic is going to be, uh, I don't know if this is a term or if I coined it. I don't know. I'm sure I didn't, but uh, New Game November. That's like when all the big. Uh, no one ever has used that for anything. Well, I'm using it. It's a thing. That's what it is now. Because all the big titles either come out late October, early November. Or sometime in November, or very early December. What, what's great about the, your, your podcast here? Can I, can I say our? Where I'm on a lot. Your, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. You're on at the proverbial hour. In, in, 90%, in my concept, ninety percent of them. Let me explain the concept. I, I say our because um, it's like the universe. Yeah. So yes, it's, it's literally anything. The collective you, hour. Anything you say out here that we've we never heard of it. It's never been said. That's why. <laughs> that's the hey in a recorded world that's that's what that is you know until you do an excerpt and go we were completely fucking wrong in the aftermath we looked yeah, it up yeah. da 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 by the way just to, you know even before you get get, get all that I, I find that refreshing i don't know if the, any other podcast does that where they call themselves out when they do the synopsis before I, you listen yeah. to it i'm sure i'm sure it's, others do but i don't care i think it's you know, i looked i looked at i looked at more than one uh, truthfully about a total of 10 different podcasts stuff that i listen to to see if they do that and they're so worried about being wrong like they don't want to ever be wrong or admit that they're wrong but there's a right. certain humor and comfort that that you do that right that you're like ah we were on some other level here's yeah. the reality and yeah, that makes that's, it hysterical. That's some nonsense it's, it's, it's honesty and journalism the the fact of the matter is when you're sitting around having a conversation with your pals chances are in the normal course of conversation, you're going to be wrong about at least a thing or two. Or three. I figure I'm wrong 12 out of 14 times. <laughs> so it's probably good there are people like you who do that. Right. We like to fact check, but also it's not a super important thing. I came from do. an era where it was awesome to sit back and watch. I remember being a knee-high to a grasshopper watching my dad talk with eight of his friends and go, seven of people in this room are full of shit. Yeah. Just full of shit, but they are sure entertaining. Well, we we come from a time when being full of shit was an art unto itself. Like there yeah. wasn't a fucking Google to go and you know Google to go fact check your shit. That really didn't even exist until like what smartphones ten years ago, right? Like who wants to get on a computer 
and go, oh, what he just said wrong. No, nobody wants to do that. Now we have smartphones where it's fucking constantly in our face. And, and really, it's 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 unempowering women. I don't it's unempowering follow, but... your women. The follow is it's always like when you get serious with a lady and they get to calling them. You know, my dad would call this is my old lady. You know, your old lady was allowed to call you out in front of your friends. No, that didn't happen. That is not what that is. You're wrong. You know, got to bust your balls in front of everybody. Your boys will shine you on and tell you it's okay. Yeah, cool. Right, Nate. You. It was five dudes you took on when you was drunk. You know, and yeah, yeah, she's right. like, no, it was one cop who threw you head first at the ground. And then you broke his nose. And the other two, you know, they come across and they're like, man, Nate, it's a, your old lady a little out of line. So I remember, honest, I remember the big deal was uh, like... What was it like? Maybe about ten years ago, I would say ten or eleven years ago, you could text message a question to Google from your phone. Yes, yeah. I remember <clears throat> that. They were like, "Have a question?" It was like, "Send a text to blah blah blah." Right. They, they had the big commercial about like Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee fighting and who won. Right. And uh, they're like, th- "This was the I same." That right. <clears throat> this was like the same time that uh, you you like Wikipedia started to come around before everyone used that as their source for the be all end all and the- yeah, source for like, theses hey, and there's like this thing that you can go to that's like an encyclopedia for the whole internet and we were like whatever that's stupid that'll never take <laughs> off but you know that like but this was this was me i was in my 20s you know you you were in your 20s i don't know right. how old you were 10 years ago chris but um i, I think was he was graduating my, high school was, at that point i was probably well no 10 years ago i was uh i was 22 yeah. So you, so you, you're, yeah, you're fresh you're, out of high school. Yeah, early, yeah I was. In your early twenties, so, right? <laughs> wide-eyed and optimistic about the future. Now so, I know better. So that that that's that's the place of conversation that we come from, yeah. where there was really no way to go. Uh, yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, that's wrong. You would you would have to wait three weeks before the topic came up again to go. Hey, fucking! I found out at the library. You know, and then so. by then three weeks, you were like, I know, yeah. right? And and. The important thing to remember is that a podcast is really just opinion. At least this podcast. It's not we're not like a fact-based educational podcast. Unless it's horror films. I, I could say that I have a self-granted doctorate in horror films. <laughs> I'm just saying And I'm... that's and that's fair enough, but <laughs> at the end of the day, even that even that concept makes us not we're not like hardcore history. We're not we're not this American life. We're not journalists. Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not correcting movies that we've watched. And they were like, "Well, actually, the weapon he had was not produced until five years after this battle." Right. Hey, and Chris. Do you know what's great about today's podcast? What Nate finally decided to do it on board games, war games, and miniature building. Yeah, totally. Oh, so it's, it's it's really great. Yeah. Uh, also, also at the end, jelly. at the end of the podcast, what we're gonna do is we're gonna lay down a dollop of Dungeons and Dragons cream on top of it. Are and we? we're gonna we're gonna spend about an hour talking about our characters oh, specifically. Man. Specifically, no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm joking. Picking on someone who couldn't be here today—that's it. Yeah, because <laughs> he didn't know enough about the subject, which I think he's missed the plot. See, this is what happens. You're not here to defend it. Yeah, usually no. they tell me what the subject is. Like as we start rolling, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I my opinion about the subject is and not to spend too much time shitting on somebody who decided not to come because he had company and didn't know enough about fucking video games to be on the podcast. <laughs> but this is this is a show that is a funny opinion based gaming podcast. I don't need you to have all the facts. Week to week, I gotta stop Nate from putting fart noises in here. That's how fun this podcast is. 
Yeah, uh, just, we, just we for put fart noises. So. Yeah, occasionally when I watch this, I want to just make a YouTube video with puppets reenacting it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you now have to make this. I think that would be entertaining I just, to watch. I'll make, some you, you, mu- make my Muppet friends. You better get on the ball with them puppets. Well, I know some people. That's a show unto itself. If you think the success of Wonder Shows and with puppets, yeah, go only imagine when you reenact and this is real life. <laughs> this is real life in my head. Like like Chris gets to have the faraway it's, stare. It's like it's like Chris vision, and it just it just like water wipes out <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, fantastic. So we're going to talk about uh, some of the new video games that have come out, and some of the video games that are going to come out, and give our general reviews or opinions or. We haven't played them, but we've already formulated opinion as we are wont to do. Well, uh, I think also with the media, like you said earlier, about ten years ago, you didn't have the blitz of YouTube trailers right. and content. And- media has failed and lost. I'll give you two points. One, when Rockstar is, is self promoting itself, claiming to be, you, you know, you heard about that, right? Ooh. You were listening, uh, or no? I was. I watched this video. Where a rock star got busted out, or was I listening rock to it band. last night? Rock band, sorry. Oh yeah, yes. harmonics. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Where they where they got on there and yeah, they, they, the, they their employees were like going on Amazon and giving reviews of the game, like stellar five star reviews, and they got busted out on it because these dumbasses were using their personal accounts, right? And like your personal information has like where you work, what you do, also, and so they they got called out on it, and it that that by the way. A bunch of assholes are getting sued by Amazon for that very same thing, creating misleading reviews. Because there's companies out there that will hire people to do just that, right? Yep. To to make these bunk, yeah, I think, exaggerated uh, I reviews. Think Yelp just had to deal with that in court, and they had to deal yeah, with that. I, I, yeah, it's uh, to me, it hadn't occurred to me that that could be something that was illegal. And what and what I th- right because because in my opinion it's very healthy to self promote. I consider that to be the thing of uh, the guy getting on stage telling you about his wonder elixir. Right, right. I consider it the same thing. Right, it's still marketing. But it might drive you, you blind or it might cure your rictus. Right, <laughs> exactly. But you you can see like if you really think about it, okay, that could be a very deceptive product, and that you know in retrospect, okay, I could see where that might be a little fraudulent, but like to me. I don't. I don't know anybody that goes and and reads a bunch of fucking reviews on something before they buy it. The only thing I do, like if I'm questionable about a product, I'll see like on Amazon what their star rating is, and only insofar as if it's like one fucking star, and it's got 150 reviews, that's eh, probably not a good product. I'll probably go how, with the higher. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll actually read those one star reviews because odds are they are hilarious. It depends on the product. I have a right. rule of thumb. Well. For my, for my profession, plus what I do as a hobby, when it comes to video games, we're kind of one of the same, but when it comes to video games, it's you pay attention to the gaming magazines and what they review. Right. PC Gamer, Game Informer. And because they've um, established themselves. Exactly. Even GameStop's own magazine, they're, those guys are in the business. They have to know. Right. So they can get, and even still, if they're like, if Game Informer tells me that, oh yeah, the, the new such and such is rated 9 out of 10. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm mm-hmm. like, why? Right. That's what I look for. You look for buzzwords and whatever. But I'm an experienced lifer when mm-hmm. it comes to doing that. And if you didn't know and you were mom and dad, it, it must suck because you're relying on what commercials played the most. Or what your kids begged for the right. most. Right. And we all know that you could be an adult and you know, no kid begging for anything knows what they're talking right. about. Yeah. 
because companies are expert at making commercials that appeal to a specific type of people. Yeah. You know, Kids whether especially. it's, it's yeah. showing you the. Well, I, I had a young life, uh, young lifetime spent eating cereal that I really didn't like, but the commercials <laughs> were awesome. Did you? Oh man! Before they corrected their formula, I ate peanut butter crunch. Back when I was a kid, only because there was this Dakota ring that was like a pirate chest. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's because you mentioned eating something you didn't like is what it is. And I had to eat like eight boxes of it over the course of like three months. Just every, I mean, and it sucked. There was a lot of chores to do. There was hounding my mom at the grocery store, peanut butter crunch, peanut butter crunch. And it's like, you know, we had a rule at the house. If it's getting bought, people are eating it. But nobody liked peanut butter for cereal. No, Did, I, to me, the down. concept of cereal with peanut butter doesn't seem like a... But whether they corrected the formula or my taste buds altered, <clears throat> that shit is cracked to me now. And I don't need a decoder ring. I, that... I never got to eat awesome sweet cereals when I was a kid. I just never got to eat them. You heard that part about chores, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, mom's no dope. Mm-hmm. You, there were some lawns I had to cut up. Yeah, no. Some it's... gutters I had to clean before that shit happened. See, here's the, here's the funny thing about my childhood. There were chores I had to do. That I just had to do them. That wasn't a, like an issue. That wasn't a. There wasn't like a reward system. Yeah. Uh, you just had to do them. And then there were certain things I was not allowed to do, like mowing lawns, or washing dishes. I was not allowed to mow lawn. That was my dad's job. I'm too fucking stupid, you know. Whatever to cut a cut a lawn. So I had to go. I actually went when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Went and bought my own lawnmower. And would go like through the neighborhood and mow lawns for like ten or twenty bucks. That's how I got addicted to comic books. By the way, <laughs> I had, uh, told you my down south the farm, right? Mm-hmm. I know chores that you, those you had to do. Animals rely on you at that point, so that was my rationale. You just got to get out there and do your part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the extra stuff is what I'm talking about. Got me the things I wanted. Mm-hmm. More funnier than that, I remember being about fourteen in the same deal. This is before we had a writing John Deere lawnmower of awesome. It was a push mower, right? We right. had the original shitty push mower, right. which was non-motorized. And was, my grandmother was, learned... You were very, the motor. And my grandmother learned very quickly, well, yeah. that isn't the fucking way to go. Nope. And then she's like, well, it's five acres. We don't have enough animals to eat the back acres. Mow it with this, elect- you know, the gas-powered mower. My uncle was supposed to do it. He didn't do it. Went two weeks. She got pissed and just didn't cause a stink. He came home and he was like, oh, I haven't had time. So he told me, here's 10 bucks. Go do it. I'm 14. I was like, cool, 10 bucks. Right, because 10 bucks back then actually meant something. Right. I was yeah. like, cool, here's 10 bucks. God, I'm going to go do it. the oldest fucking thing I've that, ever said. That was like, well, a, yeah, like a tank of gas. I'm in a, I'm about to do it. Get it filled up and walked out there. He walks out. I'm going to give you that 10 bucks later. I need that for gas. <laughs> so I hand him back the 10 bucks, and I mowed a gigantic F-U in the lawn and left it. My grandmother whooped my ass, but I heard them. Like, I'm laying in my room grounded, can't do anything, and got beat. Uh, you know, I'm not beat, but you know, I'm punished for it. And because it wasn't like it wasn't noticeable, it was non mode land that had a giant FU in it. <laughs> okay. And it, it was just to nobody. It looked like her property decided to tell everybody went by fuck you, is what it looked like. <laughs> so you get beat for that. And uh, the, the down, the upside was is laying in there and hearing my, uh, the rest of my relatives, because, you know, we had like eight of us there. It's a farm. And uh, they were just ripping on them the whole time. And I guess I won in the end. Uh, but I could tell you in hindsight, it was very it much worth a it. Pyrrhic victory. Oh, it was hugely pyrrhic because I still had to mow that son of a to, bitch. To put it into perspective, like we're not we're not especially old. We're just in our thirties. But like when I would get an allowance, I would get my ten dollar allowance. After I realized that doing chores with no reward 
was kind of like indentured servitude mm-hmm. and, and began to bitch like, I want money to do this work. Then I'd get like the 10 bucks every week or every two weeks or whatever it was. But like you could go to the store and buy a comic book for a buck, buck and a quarter. That's when they got expensive. They were a buck and a quarter. <clears throat> so like $10, you could just be like, I'll take these four comics or whatever and you I'll get a little soda. Right. You like you felt like you had so like now if you have 10 bucks and you go to a comic book store, you might as well just go home. Like you, you can't even find le- dollar comics in a cutout bin. Unless you want to buy like a keychain and right, you some could get like like shit. two books. I can hit money you for with fat kid gamer logic. I remember sitting down to play the Sega Genesis uh, to get at some Sonic, you know, like Sonic Four, whatever the hell it was, and in a, a candy bar, you can get like a baby Ruth for fifty cents, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. A dollar gets you two, and yeah. that was you know straight up, right? No taxes now. That dollar the candy bar, I think, laughs at you. Yeah, and, and then remind you in big letters yeah. how much calories you're not getting because you can't afford it. You, and you you could like you, you with that ten dollars you had unlimited options at twelve years old at ten years old at eleven years old you could go to the video store you could rent a Nintendo game or a Sega game or whatever right. and you'd have like eight bucks left over or a power glove. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would usually go to uh, the Jewel by me. They had Magic Boosters. No, so oh, go there. Yeah. And See, I'd that, go there and I take me to, back. I didn't pick up I some didn't, magic cards. Yeah, I didn't start getting into magic cards until I was about fourteen or fifteen years old. That's when it kind of like took off for us. Oh man, you um, know, and, and, and just because we towed in on it, I steer clear from magic because it's like I know the game, I like the game. Mm-hmm. It's turned so business. I don't, I, to, to be fair, I don't enjoy the game, and even when it was big, I wasn't a real big fan of it. I'm not super into collectible card games. There are two people I want to see play magic. It's our buddy Ryan Forsberg mm-hmm. and Brandon Wood. I'm going to see them sit down and go at it. They're two of the best Magic players I've ever seen. I'd like to. Only one of them made money in it, but that's because the other one's a professor right. at a university, I, and the other one's Ryan. I so. was I was never super good at, at, at Magic to begin with. I was always kind of like a leisurely player, mm-hmm. which that game doesn't promote leisurely play. And I was not big into buying cards. So, because to me, like, okay, I'm going to spend three or four bucks on ten cards. And, you know, so, like, I was the type of guy that... All my friends would go to the magic night at the local gaming store and I would tag along because I didn't have anything better to do. And I generally never had money like all these kids, like their parents supported them financially in their fucking endeavors. And my parents were like, fuck, you get a job. Yeah, no, that's what my pretty much my parents were. So every time I mowed the lawn when I was able to get like a few booster packs but I was never one of those people that had, like, the giant binders of cards. Also, when I was, like, 14 or 15 years old, I was kind of a bit of a shoplifter. So money really wasn't super important to me at that point. Uh, um, I grew out of that, of course. But um, I was the guy that they would take along because the magic cards would be out on the counter. And the clerk or whatever would go somewhere else. And, you know, it, I don't advocate this. This is not behavior that is... Uh, Good behavior, but yeah, I was I was a bit of a shoplifter. And, and to tell you, when it came to Magic, the uh, it's, it was my it was my gateway card game. Mm-hmm. But I remember uh, buying like three decks, and I didn't know what was in there. And I remember there was like you had an X amount of cards, and I forget I knew you used to know the total, but that's that's what you had. And uh, like two boosters, that's how much yeah. they, they would do at the store or a deal they were doing. And I was missing all six boosters. Like I got up, went to get a drink, was in line, and I sat at the table, mm-hmm. went to sit back down. Nobody else had gone to the guy who was playing me had been by the table. Right. And this guy had a very sheepish look on his face when he came back and sat down and didn't say anything. And uh, I was like 19, I want to say. I, I, I just moved up here. And uh, when this uh, when he left the table, I was so enraged that someone would take those packs. Like, let me take it back. I wasn't even enraged. 
I was being told the importance of a booster because of a rare or whatever you could right, get in the elusive right. amount. Or a foil card or and something. And the guy at the counter told me, you can get a card, <clears throat> one card that's like worth like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Maybe even an ultra rare, it's like 50 at the time. And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. I want to see what I got. I went to go open boosters. They're not there. He's sitting there like kind of cat swallow the canary. He went up to use the bathroom and asked me to watch his stuff. He has like 12 boosters in there. He did what I did. He bought three decks, got six, six, where the other six come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, he could have bought them. <clears throat> and, and something I don't regret but remember, I remember taking my Mountain Dew and I dumped it <laughs> in his magic box. He brought his own cards and his specific <laughs> magic thing. I dumped it in there and shook it up and put it back in his backpack. And didn't say anything. Uh, that, that, that is an asshole move, my friend. I, I have to say that... Um, but that's that, why I stopped. It promoted that in me. No, I, and I don't know if it's like this anymore because, you know, I, I have to establish like you like you do in this scenario... We haven't played physical Magic: The Gathering probably since the '90s. Right, it's digital now. Right, it's it it's like, digital, but bro. it's it's just it's a different like. As far as my group is concerned, like me personally, I kind of like faded out of Magic. What you know, I was kind of only fringe interested in it to begin with. Yeah, but the people from where I grew up were such scumbag pieces of shit. There were always like people stealing whole binders from each other like these were all just shitty assholes just shitty shitty people and like um we the places that we would play would be like you know how skateboarders they're always kind of being kicked out of places yep that's how this group of people were with the magic game like they would find a burger king and they'd play there for six or eight weeks and then someone would get in a physical altercation over this game and we'd get banned from the place. And we were literally like moving from place to place constantly. Just marauding looking it's for like, table space. It's like, it's like some sort of gypsy magic playing yeah. tribe. What, what, what's messed up about that card playing phenomenon is that you're promoting competition and you want to do that. And it's and I, and, and I talk to you, whenever you go to Gen Con, you're allowed to sit down and, and play these card games. And the card game makers are trying to get people to get more involved and they keep making more intricate rules. But they said that the... I forget who it is. It's the ones who made the uh, the current uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. I forget mm-hmm. that company, but that's I don't know the what game company they makes them. Um, if, it is Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I, I sat there and I heard him get into a conversation. I kind of included myself in because I was curious what the stereotype is. Like, how do you get through the building process? Because I had the idea instead of you know make my own role playing game, what if I made my own card game? Right, and could make it interesting because that would sell better and it and it would be easier promoted. And what he told me is, is, you know, first things first, you gotta, you got to decide, is it going to be something that's going to have booster packs to add to it, or is it going to be all-inclusive in one shot, and you're just going to do additions? And why that matters is because when you include booster packs, you're going to want a company. There is the fact of having the elusive uncommon to ultra-rare, where this promotes thievery because of competition as right. to who has the best cards. Mm-hmm. And the moment you do that... It's there's tons and tons and tons of legality a company's got to consider. More importantly, you also know the back end. There are a lot of people who get, it's not just gamers, but anybody. When you're keeping up with the Joneses and you're immature because you're not old enough, you, you you don't get it. You know, it's get what you get. You're gonna get people taking what you got, regardless. Yep. And where I don't think that it's unique where you're from, I do know the area you're talking about, and it wasn't just cards. <laughs> That no, shit it wasn't. Was getting well, it wasn't, it wasn't even when I, because um, like you know, me and you, you go to we go to Games Plus, yeah, sometimes frequently. Well, when I um, back at their old building when I was in high school, um, I used to know a guy that was sort of in my, I want to say like 
gamer group of friends because we'd always go there and play magic. He was the shitty guy because this is back when um he would actually the 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 store would have like pretty much their stock underneath the tables in the basement because that was where the gaming area was, and he would sort of see the box you know with the big wizards logo on the side, and he would lift like a whole sleeve of cards. Yeah. They would just disappear into his backpack. I know a guy that um, and wow. this is this is not this is not bullshit. This is not me making anything up. But there used to be in our area there there at one time in the late nineties, early two thousands, there was a plethora of gaming stores, and most of them are gone now completely because they they just unless you have a, a huge market like a Games Plus that seems like they have a big market of people that go there. Unless you have a big market, it's very difficult to maintain a gaming store. And for them, they're the last game in town. Even they've said it. That's right. Yeah, I mean and they they they've tried to open GW Games Workshop has tried to open up stores yep. in their vicinity, and they just closed down after a year. And this guy uh, went to one gaming store and stole from behind their counter a Black Lotus and a what was it a Chaos Orb? The one with the like the orb with the face that to tear up the card and throw it right, and it destroys right. stuff that it touches yeah. and and you know for those of you who aren't into collectible card games like these cards even then were worth hundreds of dollars they're ultra rare cards from like the first edition or whatever forgive me while i brutalize the specifics but if you know magic the gathering you know an original printing of the black lotus and the Mahadi chaos or, imagine right these these is. these cards at the time and we're talking like 98 99 these were worth probably about fifteen hundred bucks together. Yeah, these were like Jordan rookie cards. Right. These these wow, are just these, like two cards. Two cards. Jesus. Fifteen hundred bucks total. Not not each, but like fifteen hundred dollars worth of like if you could find someone to pay you cash, you could probably get two grand for them. A thousand dollars a piece. He stole them. This this kid would host magic tournaments at this gaming store, and while he was hosting the tournament, because he's got kind of unfettered access to the store stole the cards and eventually he stopped uh you know playing the doing the magic tournaments and then like a year later went to a different gaming store and traded them in for credit for like eighteen hundred dollars worth of store credit wow and just but and like this was tip of the iceberg shit to give you an example of the type of people that i dealt with the the person we were talking about earlier chance He's actually mentioned it on this show. And Chance is not the game. No, 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 he's not the card stealer. I'm not going to mention that guy's name. I haven't talked to him or seen him in over a decade and don't care to. But like this, we were we were really big into Vampire the Masquerade. And the majority of the books that I had at the time were shoplifted. This kid would go into gaming stores and we'd all go in as a group. And, you know, he'd duck down the shelf and look at the books. And he would literally just slide books into his jacket and hold them under his arm and just walk around with five, six, seven books under his arm in his jacket. And you sure shit couldn't fucking tell he did it. And but the reason why I brought up Chance was because this is the same kid that stole Chance's backpack. Oh, my God, that dude. Yeah, th- this this was the kid that that fucking Chance. We we used to, uh, you know, have huge live action role playing games in the park. 60, 70 people. We've talked about it at length. But on this, this podcast. but that kid's the reason why all of a sudden me and Murph had to go contact the police station. Right, right absolutely. Not for anything bad, but we anticipated that if people are going to be stealing other people's stuff, yep. that we want them to be able to have a process to get it back or litigation right. to go after them. 
and we had to get hunt down all those damn badges you had to wear just to be at a public park. Right. So, so you knew who was there because you had guys oh, like this. And, an and the, the most disgusting part about this was this kid. It wasn't like this kid was poor. It wasn't like this kid was hurting for money. He came from a pretty decently, you know, well cashed family. He had a car. He had he 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 didn't want for anything. He just was a fucking compulsive thief, and he would go. He'd go to the mall and he'd steal a couple hundred dollars worth of materials and, you know, go to game stores and just rip them off blind. And, you know, it's not like he was unique. Like, that was pretty standard shit. Like, lots of 18, 19, 20-year-olds did that shit. And, you know, it was, at the time, you know, I was like, ah, he's not stealing from me, so... You know, whatever. I I, I turned a blind eye because I was like, eh, it's part of the crowd, whatever. I'm benefiting. Piece of shit that I am. You know, I was young. It didn't occur Mm -hmm. to me. And then he broke into a friend's house and stole a bunch of shit from that person's house. And I was like, that's the fucking line cross in there. Like, when you are breaking into your own friend's houses and stealing their shit, not like his apartment, like his parents' fucking house. I was like, yeah, we're done. That's that's I mean, I've been born southern, but I'm southern enough. I don't right. whoop that kid's ass. And and rightly so. From the floor up. I'm not no from way. the south and I would do the same thing too. No. <laughs> I don't I don't know that that is a regional thing. That that It is a clearly... regional thing. There's some things like people don't get why if you cheat in another man, cheat with another man's wife, you get shot. Mm-hmm. Down south they're real accepting of that. That's called it happens. Right. That's that's the penalty. It's <laughs> accepted. I accept that as universal law. Uh, there's another universal law. You catch another man stealing another man's stuff, it's a, it's tantamount to stealing a man's horse. Right. One is hung for stealing a horse. One is ostracized after a severe ass whooping well, and, and the, for the, stealing another man's property, the not big, a horse. The big problem that, that arose when he fucking stole Chance's backpack was basically no one knew specifically who do it, who did it rather, but we kind of got that like, if this backpack doesn't come back, we know someone in your group took it. Fuck all of you. Don't come back. I, I was part of that group. Right. And, <laughs> I and, definitely and, remember that. But the problem was we didn't know. So like I had talked to someone and was like, no, it, he didn't do it. That's, you know, I was with him all night. I didn't see it. How could he have? Well, he did. And then came by and was like, oh, what do I do? I remember that, though. But you were real cool. I mean, just to, just not to, just to vindicate you. I remember having that story meeting. I was a proponent of let's let's go get that guy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? I'm going to go rip that guy out of the fucking car. And we're going to dump his shit out. And they were like, legally, we can't do that. Fuck, you're legal. Right. He couldn't legally take your shit. I sure as shit can right. physically rip him out of a car. And Murph talked me down. And Chance was like, nah, nah, I'm just not. He was listless. He was upset. And then, you know, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. They're just banned. Right. Just, none of you are allowed. You included, right? Right. And then I was like, well, I, I, I want to ban the one guy. Not necessarily all of them. So if it's the guy with the backpack, I think that group is cool enough to go come dump your backpack out. Mm-hmm. And let's see what's in it. And if they're not, then then they're banned. Right. And they didn't even go that far. It was just, you know, later on you guys heard offhand that, you know, because we left it up to right. Chance and left it up to Murph. And, right. Because I was this on was, staff. This and was, was yeah, it. this was before I was, like, really, like, friends with you. Like, we yeah. still, we kind of, like, I think it was the first year that no, we. No, I, I, right then I still didn't like you. You were the. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I was an asshole. You were, you were the guy who came to game who I was fine with your characters, but it's. Let's just call it what it is. People can go to the website and see what you look like. Mm-hmm. And and I'm certain there are photos elsewhere where like on your Facebook they could check it out. Back in the day, you had the, the you, you still do rock the death metal look. Right. And to me it was so far from how I am and what have you that and I heard how you ripped down even your friends. 
in conversation. But that's kind of how you guys were like joke and rib each other and do yep. that. And I was like, this guy's a fucking asshole is going to be a problem. Well, I thought that's and how it was, we were. Right. <laughs> and it's, and, and me, and me very opinionated to that because I fell in with what people were telling me. Like I said, right. naive, I was down South and the, the whole gaming culture was far removed from what I was used to. And the simple aspect is I'm also relying on rumor. I'm a storyteller and I had right. all these players telling me Nate, Nate's a son of a bitch. He did. He stole my girlfriend. He's, He's uh, prone to beat people up. He has a violent history. He comes yeah, from a broken I, home. I totally beat people uh, he's up. A, he my, shot a man favorite, in Reno. My just favorite to watch that him I die. absolutely knew wasn't true. <laughs> where, where I gave you a benefit of the doubt, and maybe you don't remember the conversation, you were always a guy quiet. Whenever I was around and we were not talking about game, you would uh-huh. sit and listen and kind of give an opinion occasionally, unless it was game related. Game related, you and I were talking back and forth like yeah. we wrote the books. And I think that's where we got cool <clears> with each other. But the other half is if somebody mentioned anything, religion, what have you, you would just, okay. Nah, appreciate it, and that was that. Where, where when someone looked at me and told me, he goes, oh yeah, Nate's also a drug dealer. <laughs> I was like, what? And I was like, no, and no offense to you, I was like, Nate's the guy who I remember Melissa buying a drink or two for because he was he had a bunch of change he was going to pay for. Right. And you know she's like, babe, let's help him out. And I was like, I don't know if he needs the help, but sure. And just we just got the drink and didn't think anything of it. I, it was just kind of me and Melissa. That's how our generosity was. But it was cool because the very next week, Nate turned around and bought his dinner. Right. So that's where it was like, he's not a drug dealer. So, and when I heard that, but that's how I learned to, I was cautious about you. And I won't, I, I said, didn't like you. I won't even say didn't like you. Is that it, I was still on the fence because I heard all these opinions. Yeah. It wasn't until you came back from that backpack incident and went, look, I know the guy who did it. He took it. I apologize on his behalf because I brought the shithead here. Mm-hmm. He, he came with me. You de facto took it on yourself to be the ringleader for these guys. But that's why at that point I said, you're cool forever in my book. They're assholes. Right. Every friend that came with you didn't have the courage. Because, folks, you can understand, they came together. They drove up in a car. Right. There'd Those be people like six or eight came back to game and wouldn't even stand at his shoulder to tell Chance and me. And you know, we were the guys on staff. Yeah, this guy did it. They left Nate swinging in a win to, quote, unquote, walk up the gallows and say it. Because case in point, yeah, I was going to beat someone down. There, were, there wasn't any doubt in my mind. That's how I was when I was younger. I'm strong about retribution. And that was that's exactly where my mind went. And when he walked up there and did that, I've never been more proud or respectful of someone. And then that made me think about my violent ways and whatever. You can't judge people is what I'm saying. So, so that was cool. But the rest of those guys still, I wouldn't piss on them if they're on fire. I, and where are any of them? Have you ever heard the term resting bitch face? I've heard it come out of your mouth, okay. but I haven't heard it from anyone else. So, so like I, for those that don't know me or whoever have never met me, if there's like, uh, it's, it's kind of a derogatory term kind of, you know, more geared towards women that, you know, when they're just, they have a normal face, but it just looks bitchy. I basically have the male equivalent of that. Like, like I was saying earlier uh, to somebody on Facebook, like I have that type of face where people walk up to me and to start conversations go something wrong, Nate. No, no, nothing's <laughs> right. ever wrong. So like, like there's, it's like that. It seems to not engender people to me automatically, you know, like yeah, I have, yeah, I have I rem- resting bitch face. Cause I remember when I first met you, you were like helping me make a character like, Hey, go Nate will come over and help your character. You came over and you look pissed off already. I was like, is this dude pissed having to try and help me? And Not to like, so that he was. Oh, he was. I remember that too. You understand when I was storyteller, Nate could attest to this. It was just me and Nate on staff. And I was like, you want to be a storyteller, bro? 
He's like, yeah, there's like 100 people at my game. You want to be a storyteller, bro? He's like, yeah, fine. Sharing the glory. You do all new approvals. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. I'll do There's like, what, maybe 10 to do in like a month? No. Try an hour. Right. It, it, at that point, it was like a, it was like a revolving door of, of people fucking getting there. And he would take three hours of a six-hour night, half of game that you wait a week to do, that he went to two storyteller meetings for during the week, just counting points on a sheet yeah because remember you, you took my paper you basically just like looked it over and you gave it back to me you're like you're good and you just like <laughs> w- went i was like okay i remember going to that chinese <laughs> restaurant the we were at mom ling's in downtown mm-hmm. lumber with melissa and you're like no <laughs> no someone's a narrator someone you he's narrator right now <laughs> let me let me explain to you how i got to where you're talking about where you're talking about that's late in the game okay there was a time where like any person new to to something, you're over the top. Specific, like, all right, I got to make sure everything's right. I'm gonna question every fucking thing on here, every stupid. And it it in gaming, especially, I don't know, maybe vampire specifically. It seems as if your players, um, you know, they just want to get away with retarded shit every game. And and I don't mean that like it's I just mean silly, silly fucking. Point expenditures, silly fucking disciplines. To, to, to explain that, for those who don't know and just find this entertaining to listen to, when you build a character sheet, imagine there's 100 points, right? Just like real life. We only get 100 points. And mm-hmm. these 100 points, you can be really great at something, but you're going to shortchange yourself somewhere else. That's what you do. And these people were trying to claim to us that there were actually 200, 300 points. Right. And, you know, for instance, we're going to build a secret agent who's also an expert clown assassin. <laughs> And it was like, what are you talking about? Are you James Bond? Are you Bibby the the killer clown? We don't understand. And they would would try to pass this. It would be like writers trying to make a movie and going to the director, your favorite film, and trying to say that now there's an alien in it. Right. Out of nowhere. Francis Ford Coppola, we have this idea. What if Vito was really an alien? Right. No, absolutely. (laughs) And it's, it's shit like that where when you start out doing something like that, you're a narrator for a game. People come to you with this nonsense and your natural inclination is to go, look, I represent this game. I'm going to make sure that that everything that gets into this game fits the theme, fits the the logic dictated by the storyteller. <laughs> you got a brand, man. Right. We this You can't come in with bullshit. So you get this character sheet and you're like, okay, oh, now tell me why do you have this? Why can you fly when you're, you're, <laughs> you're a mason? Oh, well, I... I in the 1900s I no that's fucking stupid get rid of it that doesn't fit that doesn't jive remember the rule we made up where it was if it takes them longer than 10 seconds to start talking Mm -hmm. about their sheet they didn't put time in it right right 10 seconds you're done you're trying to wax poetic you're out of here any any rebuttal that goes well um the reason why no you can't have it in a way we were like Hollywood producers well that's when you when when you're when you're trying to Dude, you're trying to put across a theme like you have to be at, at to a certain degree. That's year one, okay? Year one, it's I am diligent in you're amazing in, in making sure everything is makes sense and yeah. everything. And then you learn. Well, you're just gonna die in a night anyways, right? Because because here's what's gonna happen: you, the moment you get into game, you're gonna use this power, and like sharks, the city's gonna turn on you, and you'll be back here in 45 minutes. So sure, you can have it. Like, you literally go, okay, all your points are there. You didn't cheat. Go fucking play. I don't care what you have. 
That, that's pretty much what I got. But I got. But our, our buddy Phil was the one that took me to this game, and he sort of gave me this pep talk on the way up there. And he's like, "Okay, you got your character sheet. Here's what you got to do your first night. Don't do anything. Just sign up. Just sort of hang out." Don't throw any chops. Don't use any powers. Just kind of schmooze. Get to know some people. Don't really, don't expect much. Avoid these people because they're kind of like sharks and they'll eat you alive. <laughs> Just sort of, you know, schmooze in, hang out. I made like a little prop letter of introduction. And, you know, I just sort of, <laughs> just sort of like schmoozed my way in. And then in like three months, I had a high position of power and it was wonderful. That, that was the thing about that game. If you could get over the hump of the first week, you pretty much you you you'd you'd be way more likely to live, you know, months. Like you you could potentially have a lasting character that would get into shit. Yeah. But there were people that they played this game for years and years and years. We're talking like since 1991. These people were playing live action before live action was live action, and could never get over the fucking first night. And it was just every week, new character, every week, every week, week and, after week. And don't forget, there were rules. There were out-of-game rules for dealing with LARPers, as we're called. Yeah. And it was rule number one, everybody lies. Yep. Prime rule number one, in character, out of character. If you're at a LARP, even when you go to a LARP, for me, when I go to a LARP, I don't, I myself don't enjoy lying about me. No. If it's my character, yeah, I'm a vampire, I'm going to be doing that. Right. Um, but if it's me out of game, not nah, not so much. However, that gave me a point of clarity. I was able to spot people who were, because I'm like just you know, sometimes you can't if if you're telling if you're being honest, you you don't have every comment to include yourself in a, in a conversation. Right. But then you start spotting what I like to call gamer tropes very easily. <laughs> These stereotypical people. And my favorite is the I actually called it coined it the Slavo trope. <laughs> Right, it's the Slavo trope. Oh, fuck that guy! It's the it's the older, mysterious gamer who's too cool for school mm-hmm. and shows up wearing this like <clears throat> '90s on, ensemble when it's twenty twenty or two thousand six, right? Two thousand ten. It doesn't matter. I think we call them neckbeards now. And he, and he sits around and oh, neckbeards. No, neckbeards are a thing. different thing. Oh, no, this is a thing. guy who comes showed up and he looks like he was a fanboy of Crow. Of ah, the Crow. There's a very right? specific uniform. Usually it involves yes. some sort of combat boot. Perhaps uh, some um, a, le- a leather the, jacket of fa- some sort. Fatigue, the trick pants, fatigue like uh, you know, okay. uh, cargo military pants, or just some faded black jeans with holes in the knees. Just something that doesn't fit. Like to me, you dress for the place you go to. You don't dress just for your character, right? Right, because it's a LARP. You're gonna be around people who don't know what the fuck you're doing. And when we started playing at colleges, right, it was like dress like a student, dress yeah. normal, and just make an index card that says you're whatever yeah. and do your thing a lot of easier explain oh i'm doing a thing with people this is my blah yeah. blah blah oh cool and move on unless you're the slavo trope and the slavo trope isn't there to game at all he's there to get young doesn't know any better uh some trim he's putting out the vibe yeah he's trying to he's trying to work it he's got his dark sunglasses his uh and uh, his overcoat you know and the thing is if you're me you're the person who tries to throw buoys to drowning women like it is not a it is not a fact that ga- all gamer women are damaged women. It is a fact that most gamer women are naive. They're just naive because the the age range fluctuates, right? Yep. They, a, a lot of those little girls will dress up to be women, yep. right? But they're little girls, flat out. And that, that that became a very blaring fact to me when I was officially a storyteller, which for most of my LARPing thing is what I did. 
And I would always have talks with these girls. This is where I got that rep that Bob's working it, pulling them off to the side. No. If you were a female and you showed up and you came at your friend, I don't care if you came at your husband. I pulled you to the side and we were having a chat. And that chat went like this. If you are not dating anybody here, my advice is do not date anybody here. <laughs> do not date anybody here. Not during game. Right. Like if out of here, you go get a meal, go play tabletop, whatever. I don't care. But why here, don't do it because we avoid drama. And it was always my drama spiel. My drama, my term drama is anything that can ruin it for everybody else, don't do it here. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to see it. I don't even want to see it get on. And then they, they, I was respected for it. Like, oh, thanks for the heads up. Cool, move on. And then you would hear, oh, but your girlfriend, she absolutely does. But that's between me and her. And when it's game time, it's game time. We don't, right. none of that. Right. Don't sit in dude's laps. Don't fucking whatever. And it always happened that you would see the Slavo trope who didn't care. He would make a character. He would come up to you and go, I'm playing a new character this week because uh, my friend Cheryl over there happens to be playing this specific clan. And I know I made a different clan I've been playing for the last six months, but Cheryl's new. I'm going to shelf my guy. I'll come back to him later, and I'm going to make this new guy who's with Cheryl now. And I let that go three times before Brandon Wood and his angelic self goes, Bob, I don't, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> what are you talking about, Brandon? Isn't it a little weird to you that like he's retiring a character to go help? help? I mean, it's cool he's helping her out, I guess. That was Brandon Wood's way of going, scumbag. Hey, scumbag. <laughs> That's just, I'm too nice to call him, but Bob. And then he'd be like, oh. And then I had to make that rule. You can't retire a character and come back to it. Yeah. If it's gone, it's gone. I you forgot about that. That was a thing for a while, too, yeah. Well, I just, it, to put it sort of in modern context, after that first night, I felt like I survived the season of, like, Game of Thrones, and I'm now an established <laughs> character. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's basically how it was, because, like, when you, when for people that don't understand the game and don't understand it from a live-action perspective, you have an established hierarchy, and typically when you play these games, you, you're playing a Camarilla game, and for those of you that don't know, the Camarilla is, like, the beautiful monsters like hide their monstrosity it's the under the guise of humanity with fangs right it, it's 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 the established order it's the bold experiment in supernatural and all of your players are playing the important characters in this hierarchy and to to play them appropriately when you're a new guy that's showed up people want to know who the fuck you are and they want to know that you're not here to fuck up the order they want to know that you're not some anti-establishment fuckwad that's here to just cause chaos. You know, it's it's a it's a game where those that cause chaos are not looked upon kindly. Yeah, they don't rocket a boat. Right. And and they're playing vampires that are hundreds of years old. So, you know, it's very Anne Rice in that kind of concept. And of course, you have players that don't care. They want to play whatever they want to play and they want to fuck things up and cause trouble and drama and uh vampires don't react well to that. And you have these people that would night after night go, why the fuck did I get killed again? And you're like, you didn't learn a thing. You were, you were turbo, the juggling chainsaw killer. Right. That's, yeah. That's you you decide instead of opening a door, you were going to Kool-Aid man it into the side of the police station. You were going to find the biggest guy in the yard and tell him to go fuck himself. And he shivved you. That's like, what, what did you expect? <laughs> and he shivved you. Right. And then his whole fucking team came and they squatted you. You became you Kato, know? his pocket bitch. Right. It's not his fault. You didn't know the rules. <laughs> And then and then shit didn't go your way, and you're like, well, I'm not playing that character, or you got fucking blood hunted, or you know whatever. But then we you had the occasional players that I would I, like they have like these freak out moments where they just have to cause 
everything mm-hmm. and then they just sort of revel in the whole well like i got blood hunted what am i gonna do next that's time? the other trope yeah punch the horse mm-hmm. punch the horse trope that's that's the other one which is a, it's a chance original it's a chance original that's a- coined by him but definitely not created by him correct no it's like he just put a name to an action Yep. got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You'd have these people that would come in and and they'd just be like, "Yeah, well, you're the fucking prince. I'm taking over the city. How are you doing that exactly? I'm gonna fucking kill you." Or there wasn't a lot of planning going Look, on. The here, Hogan's was there. eventually got it. It just took them six years. <laughs> you know, six years, and they just stopped playing. Or no, they went to games where they could get away with it more easily. Wait a minute, I said stop playing. It's not stop playing when you're banned. Yeah, step way high. Just give it up, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, just people like that, I don't, I don't understand, like, what, what is the point of, of, of that, like. Yeah, the whole, I'm going to become the center of attention because everybody's whooping the shit out of my character. It's like, it may have taken Skid, may have taken Skid Row to play the VFW to realize that they're over, <laughs> but they still realize that they were over, and other people have to get banned, that's okay. all I'm saying. Well. And. On uh, to something completely different. Yep. So uh, I don't know to where that games. tangent was that Curse created and drove it off to. Yeah, I don't even know how we got there, but that's all right. <laughs> so the plan was to talk about video games and uh, the new stuff that's come out in November and, uh, you know, the new stuff that's coming out. Um, you know, hint, hint. Hint, hint. Fallout 4. Yeah, hit me with it. Uh, oh, Fallout 4. So, so we'll, we'll start there. Um, big fan of Fallout 3. Took me a while to get there. I've probably talked about that too. Um, I'm excited for Fallout 4, although my financial situation is not going to permit uh, purchases of early devices or. I got you, bro. I don't. Okay. Uh, Fisties, we just fist pounded because that's a cool thing to do. (laughs) So. you know what? What are you excited about? What do you give a shit? Do um, well. I really enjoyed Fallout Three. Um, I felt New Vegas was kind of, eh. but seeing sort of everything that sort of has come out for Fallout Four, I'm really excited for. Um, like I was kind of the first one to pick it up out of our group and just sort of played it religiously. Yeah, and then sort of like how you played Skyrim for forever and ever, I sort of did that with Fallout. Yeah, well, the, the the thing was with Skyrim too. Um, it's the same company, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yes. Bethesda all the way around. Um, Skyrim. I didn't get into Skyrim until after Bob had beaten it already. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm always the late arrival. I, I don't with video games. I, I come from a very old kind of train of thought. It's out. I can buy it anytime I want. I'm not missing out on anything by not having it day one. Especially a game that's just a single player game, which for me. Those are my favorite games. To be perfectly honest, like a single player game where I can just kind of get involved and, you know, not have to worry about anything. Those are my favorite games. When there's like, <clears throat> you know, when we play like an online game. Yep. And there's like, we got to go do a thing and we got to get this done. I get fucking, I'm like, eh, 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 eh. I get wiggy. I don't, you know, I can't keep up. But like, if you're like, hey, Nate, why don't you go climb that mountain over there and sneak up on that dragon and find that item and get back to me in six or eight hours when you decide. I'll be like, all right, cool. I'll go do that. I'll go do like, like for instance, the new uh, Assassin's Creed game syndicate. Um, I don't think it's especially creative or fucking groundbreaking, but I can waste hours just hopping from rooftop to rooftop and assassinating dudes in red jackets. 
Well, well, about uh, at a risk of jumping back and forth. That's all right. We can do that. I feel Assassin's Creed Syndicate. It, it is. I know it is. It is groundbreaking. The fact that it's not only the engine they updated. Uh, it's that they actually made. It's it's an actual next gen console. Oh, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed. I, I'm not talking and, about it like that. No, like there wasn't anything unique that grabbed you other than control and playability and whatever. Right. But we coined the phrase. Well, I, I, we we agreed. I had mentioned it's like Grand Theft Auto. Yep. It's a Grand Theft Auto of Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and it is because they introduced buggies. <laughs> it's, it's it's horse and carriage, and it literally is the same control type you would have with the car, except something that Grand Theft Auto needs to jump on board now is that they need to make a Rika jump on top of the speeding car and then jump to the next car. Because I my, think that's an element of fun. My big problem with the buggies is that I often have a habit of confusing the B button and the X button. <laughs> and the B button, or whatever the right button is on a PlayStation, I don't know, I haven't had a PlayStation since PS2, but... Uh, I have a bad habit of accidentally jumping out of the vehicle while we're in the process of... We'll have to edit out the, the, the word you use there. The PS2? Yeah, have to edit that out. No, edit out that whole thing. We can't... Men- this is an Xbox, <laughs> uh, you know, Microsoft it's a, Pro. It's, look, the, the, the thing is, we just don't have any friends that talk about their PlayStations. We only have one friend that has one, and he only has it because of baseball. Right, it doesn't speak highly of the of the council. I'm just no. Just it's saying. just it's just that our group is we're we're an Xbox group, and that's that's fair. You know, play whatever you want. We just happen to be cutting edge technology aficionados. It's it. I don't. I'm not a fan of the controls. I don't. I've my brother, my younger brother, is PlayStation to the fucking grave. Yeah, I have most of the people I work with are all PlayStation owners, and, and they're like, "You're gonna go buy one?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, not at all." And it really comes down to I, personally. Uh, I, I'm a Microsoft fan more than I'm a Sony fan. I'm not huge on PlayStation. And for me, gaming is more of a social thing than it is anything else. So where my friends go, if today, if tomorrow you were like, I'm going to get a PlayStation, fuck Xbox, I disown it. You know, they, they did pour sugar in your gas tank. They fucking lit your car on fire, whatever, whatever reason it was. And you were like, I'm going to get a PlayStation. I'd be like, all right, well, give me a few months and I'll jump on board. Because I want a game with my friends. But, anything. Go ahead. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything <laughs> better than you. That's that's uh, That's been my motto for my life. And most things, that's true. That's where I compete. I've targeted my areas. Right. But when it comes to gaming, I have always been, if I own the console, it's because it's the best in the market. It's because it's the absolute best in entertainment. And it is the absolute best for your buck. Right. And I own an Xbox One. Right. That's it. There is no argument. Anybody can bring up all the data they want, and I can beat the data because yeah, I've done the research. I don't have any... Uh... And and the number one thing that you mentioned mm-hmm. already was the social aspect. Right. And I could get on a PlayStation that's just now, just now charging for their social infrastructure, for their online services. They're just now getting into the concept of dedicated servers. Or I can go with the company that has been doing it for the last decade, perfecting their craft. And they've never been hacked. And that's there's that. And, you know, your stuff is secure. So for that being the case, those those are just, that's just the tip right. of what I can mention. Are the consoles hardware-wise virtually identical? Actually, PlayStations is a little faster when it comes to the processor to let <laughs> you know. I still piss on it. And that is only because... It's technology. Technology in any... I'll even be the first to tell you. Have you noticed how they're coming out with tablets that look just like the Microsoft Surface now? Yeah. That's, that's technology, right? right? It's, just, it's just a footnote. It, right. It's because if, if we're all competing companies and I come out with a product that the public's Oof. demanding and they want it, well, now you're behooved to make something similar, if not the exact same thing, with a little extra, a little special, because you've got to earn money. 
And that's what you got to do. And then you're going to have a whole team around why was this surface popular? Let's make something amazing and different that's in that genre right. that the public wants. We're in the business to make technology that's not only better, but people will use right. it. I think I think a prime example of what you're talking about can be um, so, can be can be an example can be brought to light that is cell phones. Uh, I I worked in the cell phone Definitely. industry for a decade, and you know that's been well established here, but. Uh, Samsung and Apple have been going back and forth for years. Lawsuit here, lawsuit there. Your device looks like my device. My device looks like your device. And in the early incarnations of the iPhone, I didn't really see other phones that looked like it. I saw other phones that they saw the example of what Apple was doing with their their design. And they were like, oh, we can make something similar. A square candy bar phone. What the fuck else design are you going to use? That's right. established. Now, when the iPhone 6 came out, you know, they changed the design again. And, you know, kudos to Apple. They know fucking design. They know how to make technology that looks nice. And then the uh, the Galaxy S6 came out. And the Galaxy S6 looks fucking identical. <laughs> like, if you if you hold the, the iPhone 6 and the Galaxy S6 and you look at the bottom of the devices... They you it's unless you know what you're looking at, you can hardly even tell the difference between them. They're so fucking closely designed. And I had asked an unnamed representative of Samsung in a very snide and snarky way. So not even trying anymore, huh? And he was like, why would we? They have a great design. Uh, You know, we just want to do our thing because that's what people want to buy. So if we wrap our technology in the same fucking wrapper but give you different tech. I was just like, all right, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's literally just motherfuckers copying off of each other. And it really comes down to, unfortunately, and we've discussed this before, marketing. Oh, yeah. It literally comes down to marketing. The masses do not, man, and it actually goes all the way back to Rome. I mean, it's we, our whole guidebook about how we control mass media, the public, started in Rome. You know, it's the first civilization that figured out how to keep a populace. Yeah, and it was you got to keep him content. It was literally, I uh, was it Circe's as Seuss's, whatever the hell I it am is. Not entertained. Yes, it was bread and circuses <laughs> is the term. If people have food and they have entertainment, they will do whatever you want. Yeah, you know they will be content, and that actually spawned what we know today as marketing. Right, and marketing will still go. Oh, you find that rock interesting? Not that rock. Well, yep. let's make this rock one of many rocks right. you can choose from. As long as you don't lift the veil, I mean, the majority, the vast majority of people are are going to accept lock, stock, and barrel, whatever you're throwing at them as, yes, this is great. As far as the iPhone is concerned, I am an, I'm an Apple user for the phone because the phone works well for me. The only reason I even decided to buy an Apple product ever, because for the longest time I was like, fuck Apple, because to me it was literally just marketing. It was overpriced, expensive shit marketed in a way that made people seem like they were smarter, hipper. And I was like, fuck that. But I had Android and in the early days of Android, it was kind of clunky. It was kind of fucked up. It didn't work very well. A lot of shit would freeze and crash and stop working. And working in sales, I was like, well, I need to know how to sell this. I don't give a fuck about your brand, but I need to know how to sell your product. Because I can't just go, yeah, that phone sucks. People are it's it's it discredits you when you have nothing to back up why something sucks. So I was like, all right, I have opportunity to get the phone, I'll get it, and it really worked well. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll keep it because it works well. And I ate my words, but at the end of the day, 
now with with cell phones at least there's an equality of cost the, there isn't the same level of disparity that there is for computers or even tablets because to me an iPad it's just a fucking tablet it's just an expensive fucking tablet right which is to the point it's it's just you know when it comes to any technology which is and we talked about already that's just its preference right uh, unless it's Microsoft, which is the best. So when we get around to, to the games, though, we talk back to uh, Fallout 4. Um, I'm curious about Fallout 4 because I read nothing on it. And it's not that I don't have an interest. I'll tell you, I, I want you to both to woo me here, okay? Yeah. I really want to try. Because when it comes to Fallout, the series bores the shit out of me. Fallout 3, I believe, is the one I really played a lot, was because of the radio stations with 3Dog. Yes. And mm-hmm. when you have a radio station mm-hmm. playing kind of old-timey music you can get behind, right. it's just a little sing-songy, and you know me, <clears throat> I, I'll make up songs that are right. sing-songy, and it's fun. I can pretty much do, I'll explore anywhere because I got entertainment. And with interrupted broadcasts to go explore, that's fun. And, and they would talk about you as you did shit. Right. You know, and, and that would change. And granted, it's all just pre-recorded, you know, it's not like people are live talking about your shit, but... So, but that was the thing I liked. Right. Right? And then when it comes to Fallout Vegas... Mm-hmm. I, I I blindly got that thinking it would be just as cool. Yeah, I was bored to tears. Like I was falling I, I, asleep. I really didn't playing care for. I didn't care for New Vegas. The the when I borrowed the game from Chance or from Chris, it had the bundle of all of them. So of course I was like, all right, I played the shit out of Fallout. So you know, I had the same thought you did. Natural progression, and you know, I I, I wasn't like down on it, but I also wasn't like, oh, this is the shit. I was just like, oh, it's kind of. It's kind of boring. It's kind of not boring, but whatever. You know, so I wasn't I wasn't super. I was like waiting for something really interesting to happen. I was like, there's going to be some stuff. I only played it because their marketing guy, Chris, hyped me up. I'm dead serious. <laughs> right, right. He yeah. hyped me up on it. And then, you know, I bought it. And then he and I, I believe, were in a party just talking about where we were in the games, you know, as we do. We had those cool Roman guys, too, or whatever they were. Right. Yeah, it was, was just close. Of, well, that was, that was sort of like when we had Skyrim. We had the Skyrim support group where we would all be playing right. the same yes. game. You'd have, like, five people in a party <laughs> all playing the same game. And you're like, hey, I'm having some trouble with this. And they're like, oh, we'll try using this instead. I, oh, right. okay. I can tell you, uh, to take a small diversion, I, I can honestly say for the first time in my life, it, it really felt good to be the guy that people went to about a game. I, like, <laughs> I, never in the history of my gaming career have people been like, hey, Nate, how do you do this thing? But I played so much fucking Skyrim, so much. People would be like, man, I've been having trouble with this quest. And literally, I played this shit. I was like, oh, yeah, that quest, you just go here, do this, talk to that guy, click that button and go there. Oh, Really? That's awesome. How freakish. Well, you were the guy is. that made the, uh, the 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 Uber. Like, you even posted a picture of it on Facebook of the yeah. the, the bow that could just one shot like dragons. Well, it was it was the first game where I was ever like, I need to know everything about this game. It's a video game, and I remember being at Gen Con, and some guy would was trying to talk to you about some shit he did in Skyrim, and you literally did what I like to call the Nate shutout. <laughs> I never let you do it to me because this is how we will fight. If anybody who knows this, when you try to shut me out, it is a happening. But this dude, oh my god, oh, Skyrim! I had this wizard potion I made to jump me thirty levels, and I was able to do. It. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And the guy was like, "What? Excuse me? No, you didn't. You're, you're full of shit. You can't do that in the game. Yeah, you can. If you go see this guy, no, you don't. Chapter four, part three, number two. They fix that bug that you're talking about, and it's a different bug that you're exploiting. They fix that too. You can't do it anymore. You didn't do it. Shut up. And I was like, you. 
dork. Hey, dude, you play Skyrim? <laughs> Have you heard about that glitch where you can read the book? Oh, the Agma Infinium? Yes, I know about the Agma Infinium. I have six characters that are level 85. Uh, I got there naturally. I have one character I used a book with. I also made a po Yeah, I, 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 was, I was that guy. Yes, I know. You go see the wizard in the fucking da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought I was going to tell you something. No, you're not. Where, where you're Eight. the first human being where I had to race through an expansion pack to play it before you did to <laughs> right. ruin it for me? 800 hours I had logged into that game. It was crazy. 800 fucking hours. I still say, with expansion packs, on it'd be like me playing The Witcher 3 mm -hmm. with its expansions and getting all achievements. It's, it is the only game I've ever played I have 100% achievements on. It is so the, it is the crown to my to the to it's the jewel of my crown. Sort of like is, how in L.A. Noir, I pretty much just beat that game like it owed me money. I, you know what? Yeah. L.A. Noir fucked me up because I couldn't I, like I was reading people's faces and they were like making these weird glitchy <laughs> like not even glitchy <laughs> but like they're you know like a twitch and I'm like you're. You're guilty. All right, so to break some stuff down. Uh, so Fallout 4 is a game that takes place in a post-apocalyptic future right. where it's a nuclear fallout, but the world didn't end. And more importantly, you're a survivor that exists in a vault. And they use it in several, every, I think every single fallout, that's the theme. Uh, is that except New Vegas. New, New Vegas. New Vegas, you right. were the courier. Right. And uh, so the cool thing about it is the society afterward. You're always playing the guy who wakes up, comes out of the vault, and uh, you're just living. You're right. just trying it, to see what the world it's is. It's definitely post-apocalyptic, which is a big draw for me. And it's and it's designed for you to be... It, it actually keeps that pioneering to it. It's like exploring the world you knew. And what's cool about it is, is that you aren't in a post-apocalyptic future playing the game. You're in the really real world. And it is interesting to go to a place that looks like Arizona, but has gigantic radiation scorpions. And I'm never the level to be there. So <laughs> you, right. you get there and it's on. And that's that's the fun aspect of the game is the exploring. Because you want to see what they what they put in the game for you to get in trouble with. The downside, a lot of walking. Yep. A yeah. lot a lot of slow in between one point to the other. But I am a fan of role playing games. So it's not that I won't play Fallout 4, it's that I'm not at the oh yeah, let's do it. Right. And I will tell you why. The next gen councils made it possible for developers, game designers to destroy your want of exploring. <laughs> destroy it. Witcher 3, I can't even, I can't wrap my brain around playing it. It's every time I'm in it, there's so much. There's so much going on. Yeah. I have like a map, one map. There's like, there's only three places in the world map to visit, Bob. Three areas that are cities. Wrong. Right. Wrong. It's 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 like China, uh, Africa, and uh, Russia. Those are the three places you get to explore. America, excuse me. Those are the three places you get to explore. There's only three. Yeah, but you're just you. Right. And you have to walk all over those places. Yeah. It's that big. And every 10 feet, you played it, Nate, something's going on. There's some choice you got to make. Yeah. There's some creature to fight. I couldn't get behind Witcher 3. And it's it's a great game. It's I, too I hard. I bought this. Exactly. It's very hard. But I bought that game. Or I bought the council to play that game because I did so much research on it. It's an amazing game. I have the season pass. I have everything out for it. And I just like, it's my collector's piece. Yeah. It's if I ever say, if it ever gets slow, and it usually does in a year yeah. where there's nothing new is coming out, yeah. I will begrudgingly have to play Witcher 3 now. Yeah. You'll probably be back if you don't get Fallout 4. <clears throat> if you get Fallout 4, then you're you're probably good through to the summer because uh, those are those types of games. But if you don't buy it, then probably January 
when the Halo slows down, when the Black Ops slows down, when the Star Wars inevitably slows yeah, down. Yeah, you're waiting for the next map pack to come right. out. Th- then then it's going to be, all right, well, fuck, I still have Witcher. I still have thousands of hours of and, fucking And then exact dude. tone. Like, right. Great. Uh, you know, the fucking games. Level three. <laughs> I learned there's a quest where I want to get my specialty armor or some good loot. Normally in a DLC, you know where it is. Mm-hmm. They give you like a shirt and they unlock the ability to know that other, they do it beautifully. You don't get it. You're made aware. There's a rumor of this cool right. witch hunter shit that you can find mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. By the way, we'll even tell you if the general location is in the map. The general. Go to the area and talk to people. And having a DLC, they'll begin whispering or telling you a little bit. Right. Yeah, I know something about it. Well, it takes a turn for the worst. Right. Because of this, what ends up happening is they tell you, by the way, there's a special island where this badass witch hunter went. And this island knows how to make magical weapons, which in Witcher 3, oh, oh my God, it's never, wow, let's get these weapons. Right. And you're looking at the quest. He tells you, I warn you, though, it's like an island of giants, according to rumor, that eat people. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, and they, there's they, a rumor that there's... secret cannibal island. They, we don't know why it's called they, that. They but... smashed and destroyed everything, and but it's only that forge. The dwarves made this forge there that makes magic weapons. But yeah, here's some of the materials you'd need if you ever find the place. Hey, but let me know if you find it. Because right. if you do and you clean it out and it's safe to go to, I'll move my forge there because I happen to be a dwarf. So at least you know dwarves are real. So this place has to be real. And Witcher 3 is cool because a lot of times they'll throw a quest in where it's the pop, the ignorant populace rumor versus reality in the game. And so you'll find out like, yeah, that stagecoach that got sacked, a monster didn't need it. A bunch of bandits, some brutal ones went through and brutalized and you don't take care of them. Here's your money. So so there's like some this, Scooby-Doo monsters in it? Yeah, absolutely. All throughout the game, there are tons of shit like that. And uh, but but then there are very real monsters like this island, like every fucking. And I go, hey, teeth. There's an island. I'll have to charter a boat because you will. <laughs> and it's not. It's not. We'll teleport there. I'll fast travel on my horse. No, <laughs> I took my horse to the northernmost part of the land, which took an hour of in real life moving my thumbs and the controller to get me there. <laughs> and every clip. There's like wild wolves attacking me. There's these undead eating corpses things that are hounding me. There's a rainstorm I had to consider and I got lost. I had to keep <laughs> checking the map because of the storm. Nightfall hit and there's ghosts out I got to take care of. They're trying to kill me and the town needs help and this lady's lost. And then I hit the northernmost point. I'm trying to get to the island of I mean, magic I, weapons. Let me ask you a question. Since you're on this tangent, I think it's a pertinent question. Do you think that games of that caliber are getting too big? It's it's too big because it's it's the it, imagine virtual reality and I, imagine I had the Hololens right and the Hololens this was playable through it except instead of me playing with a controller it's either voice command or I can just look and move I would lose my I would die <laughs> the only indication I would know I had I, I could pause the game is I literally have to shit and piss right and then when I'm done hopefully I remember to eat right you know because I'm gonna be guzzling coffee playing this game because you're it's total immersion it's total immersion on a controller because let me tell you when i got to the northernmost point and i said oh there's a boat conveniently parked down there well i'll take the boat and i'll go and when i go to get in a boat there's a letter warning about something in the water <laughs> that that is wrecked ships and as i'm taking the boat up i see wrecked ship things and i'm getting scared about going north <laughs> like what the hell's going on and I'm checking it out and I'm like okay and then I realize there's these little red blip indicators 
that he's detected something in the water and they're all over the place. And I'm like, well, wait, there's this cool crate in the water. Well, that crate probably got something good. There's monsters afoot. Oh, there are monsters afoot. Well, I don't have anything in the water to help me. Well, you check out your mutagens because you can make potions and they're called that. Something should help me breathe underwater. And you're looking. I don't. What the hell is a bladder of what animal? I don't. I never even seen that animal. <laughs> well, I don't have that. All right. What happens? What's, it's a video game. What's the worst if I just jump right. overboard? So I jump overboard and I'm swimming down and the controller is haptic vibration, right? So you're playing it and you feel it. Why? I turn around. It's blue everywhere. I'm down so deep. That I can look up, and everybody's been underwater in deep water. Look up to look at the boat in a lake if you haven't tried it sometime. And, and it's like a dot. <laughs> and I'm down there, and I'm at a quarter oxygen left. And it bleh, does it again. I'm like, what? I can't. Where is it on the screen? And I'm like, turn around, turn around, looking down, looking up. And, and I'll say this. The controls aren't too hip. Right. In, in terms of swimming and whatnot. And I'm like, I, uh, fuck, what am I missing? What am I missing? And then all of a sudden, this thing, when I when I turn, this thing is just there. And I still don't know the description of it. I could best call it was like the creature from the Black Lagoon. It was there instantly and I was dead in a hit. Because I had no business being there. And ha ha ha, you know me. Mm-hmm. I am determined in my gameplay. All right, you got me once. I'm never getting out of the fucking boat. Because you can't do shit about it. And the game was like, absolutely. You, you figured this out. It's how you beat that water guy. <laughs> you just don't fuck with it. And you swim across. Or you just take the boat. I get to the island, hop off, I'm on the island. Everything's skulled to me. Red skull. And if you've never played any of these online MMOs, that's how they're done. If you can fight it, it's like a little even green bar or it's a white bar creature thing. Or it'll have some sort of indicator you're going to die. The infamous Red Skull. And that's every common thing. I'm able to run around them. They didn't defeat me then. I'm looking for this giant. And here there be giants. I said to myself, never in a game but Skyrim. Did you have actual giants in it? Because that was a big thing in Skyrim, right? You had big monsters to fight like dragons. You had big giants to fight. That was super cool. This game has them too. And they are one-timing kings. I'm no... And I look, I'm nowhere near where I got to be in this island to find my forge of magical weapon making. And I go back to look at all these quests and read what I had. You do a lot of talking with people in villages. And places you come across. And they, they all want to talk to you. But there's like voiceovers for everything, which makes it completely immersive and super cool. If you've played Swordor, you know, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, excuse me. Um, yeah, that is a full thing. But uh, every step of the way, they had character choices. And your character, your whole world is changed by that. You know, you, you agree to help this guy. This guy turns out to be the long-lost relative of some royal dude. Here's a bucket of money. Here's some more shit to deal with. That's Bioware's thing. Uh, I forget the company made The Witcher 3. They kept it. They did the same thing. Where everyone does that. That's how you learn a lot of the side quests. Well, turns out this is just a side quest. This isn't the main quest. This is a side quest that they're going to give you early. So you can learn that that's there's a progression. And But there's so much. Everybody I talked to had actually given me a rumor that I learned a rumor can turn into a side quest. Or it's part of the major plot. Or it's a different thing to do. Or a different item. Or a different choice. And it, it, it gets huge. And... That's the that's the damnation of Witcher Three to me. It's awesome for that. It's also deific. Like I don't even want to tarnish it. It's a game I almost don't want to beat because of that very fact they did well. Well, do they? Do you know that if you do beat the main plot, can you go back and still run around yeah. and do stuff? Absolutely. Well, the, if you don't know, the plot of Witcher Three is that you play a human being who was bred uh, to receive these mutations to fight magic, 
imagine medieval times and some some philosophers got together looking for an alchemical way to obviously convert whatever to gold and actually stumble upon magic. They do figure out that alchemy thing, but learn that magic, oh, fuck me, it's real. And when they crack it open, they, like, release magic into the world. That's what makes these monsters and everything else. Well, the only thing that can kill a monster is something of magic. So they end up taking these special orphans and make them part of the royalty. It's like a dirty secret. And, the, like, the royal wizard got at the time got together and found a way to make this alchemical formula that makes you what's known as a witcher. And a witcher's only job is to go around and accept bounties to hunt down monsters. That's it. So that's where the end game content gets cool. Because once you beat the game, you have to go back and complete. You don't have to, but if you want the completion ratio, go fight these big badass monster bounties and good luck to you. And that's what's cool. And the Witcher 2, uh, before that, was like a big old plot to stop a witcher, a rogue witcher from assassinating a king. Because he was going around ending kingdoms. So they have politics to the extreme. Cutthroat politics, what have you. They have your magic. They, there's your fantasy element. They have your dwarves to add to that fantasy element. They have your customization. Wear the armor you want, build the armor you want, find the weapons you want to use, your playstyle, your choice. But you also have magic, but you're not a wizard. You have magic like like a psychic would. I've learned I can develop and move this object or create a shield around me or a psychic blast, and none of it's really super damaging. It's just very utility. My real damage is I need to have a silver sword to hurt anything of magic, which is monsters, or witches for that matter, and I need to have an actual real sword to deal with the mundane threats that are out there, like bandits, wolves, bears. And the super cool thing about that is the whole plot to the game, there's the villain that you normally wouldn't meet till the end of the game is called the Wild Hunt. Are you familiar with what the yeah, Wild the Hunt Wild is? Yeah, the Wild Hunt is the Scandinavian myth. Well, Scandinavian, sort of Europe, that northern Europe area multiple wild wild hunt myths where you know this basically the lord of the spirits kind of gets a burr up his ass and decides well, we're gonna go you know rampage for a weekend or somebody gets cursed and the wild hunts the thing that comes and find them so usually it's as big it's a big to do yeah absolutely and the wild hunt here they have he has soldiers right and their thing is frost like the, these soldiers freeze everything where they go and it's new but this is how you're able to track they've been there like they destroy whole towns and they do multiple cutscenes where it's it's just epic. I don't want to ruin the the scene scenery of it because I think a lot of what's great about a video game is someone tells you it's good and they give you a taste about it and then you experience these things and kind of develop your own opinion. I think that's the best way. Um, but I apologize, talked to death about that game. But um, like I said, sell me your best pitch about Fallout Four. Like, why um, should I get? Well, it? The, the reason why I'm really intrigued about Fallout Four sort of goes back to Fallout Three because there's this one quest in Fallout 3 where this guy approaches you and he's you know he's in trouble and he needs some help and he's kind of vague as to why he's in trouble but he needs help and you find out later that he's actually an android he's a synthetic human being and the people that created him which is known as the institute are in the DC area basically trying to find him and you can either turn him in if you're being the evil guy or you can help him get a new face if you're the good guy and they sort of hint around a lot of stuff about what the Institute is, where they're from, um, because Fallout 3 itself is set in the ruins of D.C. Right. That's that other radio station, right? No, the other radio station was Enclave Radio. And that was the president that would give the. Right. There was Enclave. But I thought there was another one. There, what, there was. There was. A, yeah. A certain area was an old lady. If you found her violin and then she would play classical music. 
Uh, that's cool. I didn't even find that, but that's okay. Yeah. It had to be Enclave. So, uh, but no, the Enclave Rio was the president giving all the speeches, and then they'd play <laughs> the patriotic music. It was... I just remember when I heard his voice. It usually means there were robots with lasers coming. Yeah, usually that's what it meant. But in um, but the they 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 give about the institute, which is sort of um, basically the ruins of MIT, right? Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And so when they actually mentioned Fallout Four being set in Boston, I was like, all right, well, we get to learn about the institute. We get to learn about these androids. Um, there, New York is not too far away. That's sort of the bastion of the Brotherhood of Steel. And so as I'm reading more and more about the sort of just sort of the background, what they're doing with Fallout 4, um, you are the vault dweller, but you're a vault dweller from before the war happened. Um, I guess the way that they started out is you're kind of at home with your family and then the sirens go off and then you go to run to the vault and you get cryogenically frozen. And then because of the actions in Fallout 3, the computer inside the vault gets churned on and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got to dethaw this guy because, you know, it's time to go. And so you kind of get out of the vault and I guess this whole thing is, is the Institute is very underground and nobody really can tell who's an android, who isn't. There's no, it's not like Blade Runner where there's this like crazy test with a machine right. where they're like, okay, are you an android? And so you sort of have this, the local governments trying to crack down on people using the android menace as sort of the reason why. So if I'm, if I'm following correct, uh, so basically it's where you're, you're like, it's telling the tale of that synthetic half. Yeah. That, that they kind of hinted to but never got into. Yeah. Hmm. And then I guess the Brotherhood of Steel shows up at some point and decides, you know, okay, these people are a problem. We're here to take care of it, sort of like you know, America. We're going to spread democracy in Boston. But it's still the same format, though. It's yeah, like it's still the same format. There's exploring, there's the land, but then yeah, there's, there's factions and there's all sorts of stuff. I guess um, Fenway Park becomes Diamond City. They literally build a city inside the ballpark, and I guess they're all <laughs> haunty and gaudy, and everybody on the outside of the park thinks they're a bunch of rich douchebags. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I actually didn't know. I'll give it a shot. Uh, fucking anything about Fallout other than it had the word Fallout in it, and it it was a number four. Uh, that's that that was like like for me. If there's another like a another Skyrim, another Elder Scrolls sequel, I'm gonna go buy it. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna get on it because it's one of those games where I was like, you know, shit, we've established, and and also it's one of those games where I you, you know now I'm like, oh well, it's almost December. I'm almost done with my educational, uh, you know, things. Uh, um, I'm going to have more time. Um, yeah, I could get lost in a, in a fallout. So that that's it. Other than that, I knew fucking nothing about it. <laughs> I've seen the trailer, and apparently there's gameplay footage in it, but I was like, I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's like one of those Bethesda, if it's a fallout or an Elder Scrolls game, I'm going to buy it. There are other games, real iffy on that shit. That that one game that that we played where you like have like magic stuff and and there's like I don't even know what the fuck it was called but it was fucking terrible and I hated it. The, it was a Bethesda game, and it's like in some weird futuristic like kind of uh, steampunky kind of thing. Oh, were you the assassin? <laughs> Oh, Dishonored. Yes. Yeah. Dishonored. Yeah. So horrible. Uh, yeah. That, that game. Somehow it was so horrible they made a sequel. Not a fan. I'm sure plenty of people liked it. Uh, yeah, not a fan. No. Didn't enjoy it. Uh, that's what's shocking. 
game review shit on it. They yeah. were, I mean, game magazine reviews were like, nah, it's not. Yeah, it was clunky. It was not really uh, that's, engaging. That's why I trust yeah. game reviews. I mean, because it literally feels like a guy, and they're really neutral. They're like, you know, we, we got to represent, so we can't shit yeah, on generally all Well, that's kind of, that's why I like um, Game Informer, GameStop's sort of token magazine, is even though it is their business to sell video games they right. very much will be like don't buy this but one. it's it's right. not it's not like a nintendo power that's that's the beauty of it it's not they're they're owned by a company that sells video games for video game companies but it's not their job isn't to sell you know microsoft specific games or sony specific games or here you, you trying to get up <laughs> got it And that, my friend, is why you must always prepare by having your phone handy. All right. All right, all right. should be fine. And if it's not, whatever. That's what fucking editing is for, I guess. Somebody texted me, too. Nobody texted me. That was my brother. I feel alone and sad in the world. (laughs) That was my brother. Uh, he's, he wanted to let me know he couldn't be on the podcast, ah. you know, as, as I knew already. Um, but yeah, so, so we're excited for fallout. You are, you know, you're on the fence and that's fine. Well, I'm sort of on the sort of having, we've talked about the fallout and we got those other games, like sort of, I'm on the fence about black ops. I and mean, you guys know me yeah. name a year, name the one year you've ever heard of me not getting everything new that came out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't of any. really. Right. No, there's only one game I boycotted successfully and completely, Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, I really. It's a pond I swim in by myself. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I'm, let me rephrase that. A game's got to meet Bob Caliber. It's got to have pop. It's got to be exciting. It's it's got to be something that I could tell people dumped a lot of creativity and time into, because that's I'm literally spending my life to play the game. Yep. And by the way, that's how I see it. If people ever wonder, you're just, it's a time waster. No, a time waster is playing solitaire by yourself waiting at the train station. I set aside actual time. My life. When I'm dead, when I am old and I can't remember a thing, you know what my grandchildren will never have, or my grandchildren, my friends, grandkids, whatever, will never be out of with Uncle Bob or Grandpa Bob? Story time. I have tons of stories of games they've never heard of or ever played that I can pretend I read or whatever to entertain these youths. Right. And it's, I'm just saying, I, I got that ability. I, uh, but I have no interest in building a theme park. Yeah. No. And, and playing and, through and, a screen coaster. You know, that, that, uh, the reason why I bought Minecraft, uh, is the same reason why I buy a lot of the games that I play. I was convinced by a friend that I should play it with them. So I was like, okay. And as it turns out, my my interest in Minecraft revolves only around the creative aspects of, uh, like you said, I don't want to build an amusement park. I kind of do. Right. That's that, that, I kind of get into. That's, so that scream right. Right. What, it, I believe is the name you want to check out. It, yeah. It's to me the only reason I I ever purchased Minecraft is because it's like adult Legos. And when I'm in a shitty mood and don't want to fucking do anything and I just want to veg out and maybe listen to a podcast or a radio show, I throw on Minecraft because it it's not 
it's not fully engaging my mind like a regular video game is. It's literally only engaging the creative parts. Yeah. It's not, I don't have to, you know, think defensively or offensively or, you know, uh, get into a fight and have my full attention to it. I can just go, oh, you know what would look really cool here? A big arched bridge. You know what's weird about that? I find it fascinating. Like, I, I've heard you say, and I've even last night when people were coming over, people were watching me kind of tool people mm-hmm. online and just... That that was me in autopilot. Right. I'm I don't not, I don't not, have that. But it took me literally years of not having that to, to develop those skills and parts and now I'm just learning to tool them all together. Right. But when it watch me play Minecraft, I don't play Minecraft or Project Spark because they're not cool. I don't play them because my brain will put me to sleep. Right. No, absolutely. Because my and- brain goes Oh, it's creativity time. So, so let me show you a place that's really creative. There, and it puts me in Dreamville. There are there are people that I've uh, played the game with or attempted to get to play the game, and then there are people who I wouldn't attempt to get to play the game. <laughs> um, you know, people that are like like Phil. I think if Phil just got the game and played it, he would enjoy it. Uh, because Phil is very much an artistic, like he runs a print shop, he went to school for art, he draws, like he's, he's, Phil's more of an artist than he is anything else. Have you noticed though? Phil's a super critic. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a super critic. He's got his degree in, in a lot of that, and well, in a lot of that, I don't know his exact degree, but it's in the art, an art, not, I shouldn't say I art, believe it's, it's graphic design. It's practical art. Right. Yes. If it's graphic design, it makes perfect sense. But I've watched him. Why enjoy you Mm -hmm. and enjoy Phil and enjoy Chris and like take going with you guys to art museums or to museums, period. You guys critique with your face even before (laughs) you open your mouth. And I sit back. You you guys always hear me chuckle. I know you're used to it. I'll laugh for apparently no reason. There's a reason whether it's a crooked eyebrow. Like my favorite thing of Chris is to look at that. What do you think of this, Chris? And he'll go, hmm. Chris has already done. No. But how? Who? And then quickly his brain's going. How do I tell this person that this isn't my cup of tea? Right. It's steaming pile of shit on a lot of mm-hmm. levels and that I've seen better or could do better with time. But it's somehow in a museum and he likes it. Right. And I don't want to shit on him. He does that. You, Nate, will go, whatever. That's You're dismissive. But I often find that when you're dismissive, it's because eh, it's good. I, I, It's not dismissive because you're like, whatever, played. It's usually because, no, that's really good and I don't particularly... It's right. not my. It's not. It's not my thing. Right. right. But right. It, it's good to someone. I'm glad <laughs> you like it. Thanks you know, for pointing out. I have a very distinct style, and and that style translates to my taste in art, my taste in movies, even my taste in games. Like, there's a distinct sort of mold that the shit that I'm into fits into. Right. And You're very easy to shop for, by the way. Very. Because very. Of that. Yes. And it. I'm very much like trash art like that that would be like if there's a style my style is like that poster you know what i mean that night of the living dead poster that's very much like my style what what would be considered sort of trashy art but what little i've been you know phil i've been around (laughs) when he's done the art i've been hell interested in seeing him do it's been when he's looked at art pieces or someone asks his opinion on it and when he gives his opinion people fail to hear that technical part that he starts up with Mm mm-hmm you know, Phil's, Phil often, and you can hear in his voice, he goes, well, hmm. He very much goes to what I just described about Chris. And then he found and that, hmm, tells me he found something he didn't like, but then is taking the time to find the good in it. Right. Because yeah, you, he doesn't want to stifle creativity. But when he opens up about it, 
It's technical. Right. Yeah, very it's much he's... Because with me, when I see something I don't like, it's like I, I kind of explain why I don't like it. Phil, however, will go on how it could have been improved. Yeah. He's very much like the opposite of the coin for me. Because I'm very... I, when I look at stuff, it's like, no, this is why I don't like it. Phil will go, well, this is what he could have done to fix it. Right. You're you're definitely a visual. He's more of a technical. And then I saw his comic... Uh, some of his comics that he's, <laughs> he's drawn when he was a kid. Just, as he said, fucked around. They're pro. Phil, if you're listening... They're pro. You better get back into your art, man. Yeah, yeah get, get we're, we're just saying. Pro. Get back into your art. You can draw. We need to get you in a time machine. We need to send you back to the 90s. You need to beat up Rob Liefeld and it, take his job. In 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 the in the words of Kevin Smith, you better chase some whimsy. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, enough about that. Um, Minecraft has become my personal vegetative state. That that's like I like I don't even play it that much anymore because you know I don't have the extra spare time to just kind of vegetate in, but like I'll turn that game on and I'll see like the hours of blocks that I and I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like? Holy shit! You know, like like I'm obsessed with building pyramids. Hey Bob, come do, in here. Do I want to show you do something. You, do you store grain in those pyramids? No, I play in creative mode. There's no reason for me to store food. He took, he <laughs> built like a rail system connecting this massive ziggurat. And I do mean an Acadian ziggurat with the sacrificial pit yeah, thing. Yeah, there's and, even, there's a doorway to, you know, another dimension in but there. But he yeah. built nice. a rail yard that took him in free mode five minutes to get through the rail tunnel from the city he was working on to the new city that attaches to the ziggurat. Yep. And that's when I left the room. I don't watch him play Minecraft yeah, anymore. So, so I got I got the game because Chance was like, dude, you need to get Minecraft. And I was very dismissive. I was like, it's a fucking kid's game. I don't give a shit. You know, very standard kind of you know reaction to it. And he was like, dude, just fucking get it. You know, play together, blah, 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 blah. And he had it on the computer. And I, if you know anything about me, I'm not a PC gamer. I don't. My, my computer is for work. It's for doing work. My game system is for doing game shit. Yeah, I want to watch a movie. I do it on my Xbox. I want to play a video game. I do it on my Xbox. I got an Xbox. I got a 360. I got an Xbox One. I got a fucking Nintendo. I have systems for gaming. Computers are for computing. And I get that there's a whole PC master race. Yeah. Great. You're cool. You win. You're you're better. Uh, I don't follow that logic. So, of course, I was like, eventually I was like, well, you know, I could play this with chance. Uh, you know, he's got it on, he's got it on the Xbox too. So, all right, I'll get it. I'll have something, you know, something that Chance and I can play. The, the, I, there's, I have games that I can play with everybody. By the way, that's unique to you. Right. That's, that's because to me, gaming is a social thing. It's, it's totally games, games that you and Chance can play. That's, I have no games that I can play with him. <laughs> that's, that's my point. Like I, I have a game that I could probably play with everybody he's, or, or at least talk to while we both play that game. That everybody has a how do I put it, a corporate he's the corporate gaming is he is the embodiment of what a gaming company imagines is out there in mass. Right. <laughs> he's the embodiment of it. And he's just as whimsical as the commercials and they make. I'm a sucker for word of mouth. You but, talked about you talked about magazine reviews. Yep. I don't pay attention to any of that. I am word of mouth guy. If and games are unique uniquely because you could be like, dude, you got to see this movie. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, please. I'll get to it when I get to it. You know, like, or, or dude, you got to check out this band. Yeah, yeah. If I haven't heard of them already myself, I'll, uh, in a year, I'll tell you about how great they are. And you'll yeah, be like, yeah, read this book. Right. It, it, like, <laughs> literally with everything else, I'm very much, you will tell me about something. 
I will, it will go in my head. I will go, don't care because I didn't discover it myself. And then a year down the road, I will come back to you and go, now you should check out this band. And you'll be like, I just told you about that a year ago and you told me to eat my hand. And then, yep. you, and then you sit, and then I'll sit in a room and it, it always bothers me. I love you to death, Brandon <laughs> Woods, my other bro, man, same way. And when you two sit in a room and it's me, I remember sitting at lunch with mm-hmm. you guys. I believe it's a Chinese restaurant because it's normally our thing. And we're sitting there. And all that happens is, is Brandon will be like, hey, Nate, did you hear about Apocalypse Humping humping Rorschach? It's a new band that came out. And you're like, you know, I vaguely, I didn't listen to him, though. Tell me about him. Oh, well, first got to think about the 1960s influence that they had on the popular genre culture where they came from. Oh, are they in pulp, pulp genre rock, too? What? And I'm sitting here the whole time going, damn, this ain't real good. <laughs> I think that was just your brain going, you're, right. You're, man, you're shutting the fuck off. There's just, there's just, <laughs> just words churning through your brain like, I don't know, don't care. As, as these two girls get caught up. But that's that's how I am like <laughs> like with movies, with music, with comic books, with books. I'm very much like, if I didn't discover it, I don't care. But you were very much like that at Metal Summer Camp. But it's too pro. Well, when people were talking about bands, and you were just like, "Uh huh." Well, here here was the problem at at Metal Summer Camp, and we'll take a small diversion before we get back to the point I was making. But there, it was a it was a lot of really small regional bands, and I was not on point mentally at all. That whole fucking trip, I was like, at best, fifty percent mentally. So, and and you know me, I'm not a big fan of people. No, you're not. Especially if I'm at 100%, I can Especially deal. Especially people you don't know. Right. If, if I'm at 100%, I can deal with a group of people, okay? If I'm on my game, I can deal with people as they come. I can fake nicety. I can, I can be ingratiating. I can be a cool person to be around. If I haven't slept, if I haven't had enough coffee, if at the time I hadn't had enough cigarettes, you know, like if, I, if, if I'm not at 100%, I'm not at a hundred percent. I'm at all. So here I am going, I'm here because of a thing that I have to do for school. And I, and they're like, have you heard about fuck your corpse? Blah. And I'm like, no, I haven't heard of it. Like, but I, there's, that's it. That's the conversation. Oh, dude, did you come to see? Blah, blah, blah? No, I don't but know. Why I think it's that way is because I find that people who are excited about something didn't, didn't read it. They, they can't talk. They can't speak to it. Well, and I'm super excited about that new movie that's coming out. Did you see the trailer? Did you see the 30 second trailer that showed you 30 seconds of, right, of a things? Film? Uh, what's the film about? Well, it's Star Wars, but what's the plot? The dude's got a lightsaber, but what's yeah, the I don't, plot? E- I don't it's even a know. Stormtrooper. Right. Well, what's the plot? I I am I am dedicated to music. Okay, I always have been. I'm very much deeply dedicated to the music that I've chosen to like. We went to an extreme death metal festival. And at a point there, there comes this click in my head where I'm like, everything is just, uh, yeah, I don't give a shit. You were Neil deGrasse Tyson at a sci-fi convention. Right. I was like, Oh, okay. Tell me about your favorite mega regional band here. I don't. Okay. That doesn't mean anything to me at this point. And, but, but, the, the point that I was trying to make was with video games, I'm completely the opposite. I'm like a babe in the woods. I don't read reviews. I don't pay attention. And I watch what other people play. And like if Bob's like this fucking new Call of Duty is a piece of shit. Fuck this game. Or even worse, if he's like, 
I played it for an hour. Go back to whatever I was doing. If he's indifferent to it, I'm like, I ain't buying that fucking game. Fuck that game. I don't want nothing to do with that shit. This this guy's indifferent to it, which means it's it's nothing. Like, Bob is a man of strong emotion. And we've known each other long enough to know that if he has no strong emotion, that's worse than him hating it. Because at least if he hates something, it made an impression. But if he's just like, eh, oh well. And goes back to whatever involved game, I'm not going to buy it. But if let two or three of my friends start playing a game, I'm going to be like, well, that looks cool then, huh? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good on this. We're yeah, do whatever you're doing. But, you know, if you want to play, cool. And I'll be like, well, I have $60. I want to be the fourth man. And then I get the game. But if they hate the game, I don't read a review and go, well, you know. Uh, perhaps you missed a key element in the, uh, <laughs> Did you know? uh this, this <laughs> franchise has, uh, developed, uh, no, it, it, I don't read reviews. I don't give a shit. There's, there's an element to how I enjoy things. And I think it's, I, I think it's unique cause it's my perspective. I haven't really seen this. It's the fact that when I play anything or use anything or try anything, it's, I don't care what everybody thinks. It's, it's like, I've, I've watched the worst movies titled whatever or rated, and it's because people didn't watch it. And but like for instance, there there's a there's a film I've seen. It's called Prey, uh, and it's P R E Y. And uh, the oh, hell, I can't remember the rest of the title. I just I just I wanted it to be a topic. You remember it was the two films, Traveler, and then the original. Well, Prey. there's a thing called a cell phone that has a spreadsheet that tells us all yeah. about what those movies might have been. It's like Pray for Me or Pray on mm. Us or something like that. Uh, let us pray. Yes, let us pray. That film was rated one star, and I it was rated a hundred and was it hundred and fifty times on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and didn't even get over ten percent. And in the reviews, the guy was talking about how well this is low budget hack B horror <coughs> film. I went and watched it. It's low budget, and then I went, no, it's not. It's it's actually very good. It's it's the director's interpretation of Scotland. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it's Scotland. You know. You, You've been to Scotland? Clearly they haven't, who've watched it. But if you, like, I literally am looking up demographics in Scotland and what a small town would be, how well-armed is their police station, how, how well right. critical they are of it. And what you find is is that Scotland really isn't known for its violent tendencies <clears throat> on its own people and blah, blah, blah. And so their police station tends to be pretty timid. And, and that's, you know, but good guys, you know, they could police, you know, right. normals anywhere else. But the film takes that into account. And it's not low budget because, uh, you know, from hanging out with you and just hearing your, your cuff, it's going to rub off. And I'm paying attention to how they're shooting scenes. Right. They have several single shot scenes, which I imagine would be very difficult if you didn't do it in one shot, trying to make it look real, that they take care of. But the point is, is that when I'm... You, these people rated a one star, but if anybody can be on the internet and it doesn't tell you the age, but people don't take in consideration, how old is that person who's making that? Right. Or even beyond that, here's the problem with a lot of critics. A lot of critics, they have a concept in their head of what should be good or what should be bad. Right. And it's it's not necessarily a universal trait, but it, it, at times it can be. And some of the best movies are the worst rated ones. And then there's movies where I've watched and they're rated so fucking high. And you're like, this is fucking unwatchable. You know, it's it at the end of the day. There isn't anything particularly special about a critic's opinion. It's just one person's opinion. Just 
Give an opinion. Right. And that's it. And, you know, if you have someone who you go, you know, I trust this particular individual. Like if you if you're like, I'm totally all about whatever Roger Ebert says. All right, fine. Whatever. Roger, if your opinion is going to be whatever Roger Ebert says, then let that be your opinion. Because it fits the the topic or where <laughs> we're at now. I'm going to do a few quick things. Mm-hmm. There's a method now that I'm convinced it's 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 my crackpot Jesse Ventura moment. <laughs> and, and the fact is, is that I believe that there's a conspiracy relating in video game industry where they where they cleanse the palate. And what I mean is, is Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Black Ops 2, sucked. It, I liked it. It sucked. Why it sucked is because the plot was good and it didn't seem any different mm-hmm. than where it came. There was no difference. There was right. nothing to me to go, oh, amazing, stellar. Right. Right? And then they did, uh, and I may be saying, citing the wrong. No, that is the one. And then they... In the interim, they have a game where it gets all futuristic and jumpy and leaping right. everywhere. It's like the the poor man's version of Titanfall. Titan that was the palate cleanser. Right. Where you're like, screw that franchise, Treyarch's dead to me. That's garbage. You know, because two, I was like, eh, don't really care for it, but everybody's playing it. I might as well learn to find something to <clears> like <throat> about it. And that was it was tolerable. Well, that's because we had Modern Warfare three that we thought was the shit. Yeah, you know it is, and we played it to death, and we had this standard, right. this standard they have to meet, and then we eh, Black Ops Two, yeah, okay, we're running and shooting, yep. and you know, okay, yep. has some stuff, but that's because my standard was way up here. The plot to it, like I said, was amazing. Campaign mm-hmm. was great, but when you're way up here and this hits the middle, you're like, uh, right. Well, I need a palate cleanser. I need something to remind me what flavor is, right? So palate cleanser hits Black Ops Three, right. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's amazing again. It's it's like to me, Modern Warfare 3 meant Black Ops 2. Yeah, it, it, it is a it it's a good game. Um, a cyborg baby. My my here, here's here's baby. here's what I'll I'll say about about that. I, I think that uh the only reason why I enjoy Black Ops 3 is because I haven't engaged in the previous two versions of the game. Because I I can't I can no longer abide being repackaged and resold the same product every year. Right. Uh, you know, if I buy a 2K14, I'm not going to buy a 2K15. I'm not, I probably won't even buy a 2K16. You know what I mean? Like I, I bought uh, the previous uh, Modern Warfare, or not Modern Warfare, but Call of Duty game. And I think we played it, I think I I, I put it maybe two hours. Right, that if game. that ghost was That's tanked. it, that's it. Now, Black Ops Three, like I, I played it. It's it's very much, uh, you know, like I'm excited about it. You know, I'm like, oh fuck, I could I could go for some some Black Ops right now. I I I enjoy that, but it's the same reason why the 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 um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, when I was like, I don't think there's anything really groundbreaking about it. The one thing that was groundbreaking was it the controls were tolerable. To right. me, it's the same game repackaged, and I understand that there's a there's like a model now that's been created. Uh, you create a franchise and you try to repackage that franchise every year, so that you can sell your product every year, so that you can create a steady source of income. And I don't want to participate in that. I don't want to participate in it with my cell phones. I don't want to participate in it with my tablets, my computers, my game systems. I don't. I'm not every year going to buy the same shit. You know, if I find a game and I like it, I'm going to play it. And if, 
you know, if somebody else picks it up and goes, dude, the new Halo game, holy shit. You know, and I think Halo is like kind of the one exception. They don't do a new Halo game every year. They do it every couple of years. They wait until their game is fully developed and then they put out a new game. And I can appreciate that because to me, that means they're not trying to just make money off of you. They're trying to give you a product. doesn't make me good at the game. <laughs> I haven't had a palate cleanser for Halo. Right. I'm indifferent to Halo no, 5. And, and, and I'm, I'm the same way only because what's different it's, between Halo 4 and Halo there's, 5? There's a massive difference between the two. I'm not going to make that statement. Um, I mean, like, I, easily the difference between Halo 4 and Halo, Halo franchise, I'm on it. It's a progression of a story of Master Chief. Yeah. That's why I'm all about that, it. And that I can and get. And their multiplayer was always secondary. They haven't taken away from that. It is still the secondary. You play the damn campaign. Right. And I'm, it's a good I'm, story. I'm yeah, terrible at the game, period. And so. when it comes to their multiplayer, they kept the stuff of, you know, the shields you have, it. it's Spartan still. It's like a training regime mm-hmm. for training Spartans. And even tied that to the storyline, tied it well. And I think that's great. They've added customization that doesn't take away, didn't steal, didn't feel like they stole it from anybody. They made some unique elements. It's you can play it to where they're going to give you training scenario objectives amidst the competition of team versus team. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. But they didn't, they made it to where we're not running to get the vehicle on the map or the rocket launcher that's there or the invisibility menorah. It's, it's not a war of resources. It's a war of kill the objective and defend your base. Right. And it's that simple. And it's a massive war game. And because they did that, they said this above anything else. Bungie said, or sorry, originally mm-hmm. when Bungie had their multiplayer, uh, I did gaff there, but when they had their multiplayer, it was them who said it, that they went, it was Halo 2, where they said it's about team-based play. And little Timmy proved, or it's just about one guy being really good. Right. Yeah. Well, now in Halo 5, keeping that, Microsoft Studios has turned around and said... And 343. Right, and 343 turned around and said, hey, here's the deal. Uh, if it's about team, this is what it looks like for team play. It's something Bungie didn't do. Right. Uh, because Bungie had to shop with Destiny even to give you this point, and they right. still didn't make a team-based play. Right. Destiny is very much, if I'm a badass warlock or it's Titan or what have you, I'm going to own the battlefield. Right. Halo said, that's great. You're a good shot. You better have buddies to defend you because they're coming. Right. And when they, d- they did it that way, that's unique, right? That is, you can't take it away from mm-hmm. the genre. The other thing is massive maps that look great. They have it right there, but they kept that trend. And I think this is where 343 kind of slipped from Bungie. Bungie, and when it comes to board design and, and look, very awesome. I think in Halo 5, I'm a little critical of the way it looks. I it honestly looks, think that a lot of the boards look boring. It's it's like, great, I hope I hope you come out with better, or this is one of those things where we had to finish the product, right. and you plan in the aftermath to do that. Because, by the way, that's another great thing about Xbox One is that they designed it to be that way. If you have a server on there, you can add content and take away content. We'll only see a little update, and that's probably when we're asleep. Right. Well, that was sort of the stuff with Destiny, because we'd be bumping around, yep. you know, doing missions, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, this is new on the map. What the hell is this? Like, right. they just added a room, or they added this other thing, and we're <laughs> like, well, what's going to go on with this? And then later when content got released, we're like, oh, hey, remember that cool room? Well, now there's an elevator in there that right. takes you up for this <laughs> fancy mission where you got to jump from platforms now. And... And it's, it's fantastic that you can do that now and that they take advantage. But Halo 5 was like, we designed this for team. Now, when I play Black Ops 3, yeah, we d- designed it for team. It's a really good game. It's We kind of designed it's, it for team. It, it is it is every... It's Call of Duty. There is a there is a distinct difference between the play style of a Call of Duty game and a Halo game. Uh, and anybody that's into first-person shooters can tell you. that That's consistent. It's... 
Call of Duty hasn't become Halo. Halo hasn't become Call of Duty. Right. There, there's still a separation of church and state, and certain people like the playability of the one over the other, and then, of course, you have, like, the, the Battlefield gameplay, and I've... Battlefield is a far third. It's dead to me. And we can we can address that. I, I've heard people telling me, man, Hardlines was cool. Who? Yeah, no. Yeah, Hardlines came out, and did you notice it? No. No. And, and I know there was some ads online about it, this, and we that played, was about We played it. the beta. And uh, uh, so for me, 3 was unplayable. It was unplayable. I, I, you know, I had the game. I think I still own the game for the 360. And it was broken. It was unplayable shit. Dice servers suck. The way they piece together games suck. The way they team skill to skill, skill for skill sucks. And and if you don't understand that, for those who don't know, if you were to play a game of football, of of, of tag football or flag football, you know, yeah. girls can play that too. It's not ultra violent. It's you know, and even if it was, there are some girls that would get down. I don't want to be sexist in that, but typically, no girl wants to be crushed by a three hundred pound guy off the line. Just right. saying. Well. Maybe they do, just not in that sense. So, but the idea is is the fact that um, Dice said or should have said, "Okay, look, um, we need to have a good offensive line. Well, we can't have all eight bobs on one team. That's unbalancing. All eight bobs and then like fucking twelve nates, even on the other team. Well, they're going to be quicker, hopefully, and then they're going to get by them. But if they <clears> get by them, can they get by them? We all started the line of scrimmage right. to get out there to make a play. It's impossible. There needs to be a balance, and there." are I don't know how Bungie, yeah, there's there is a skill balancer in Destiny. If you out if you are beaten, horribly destroyed by a team the very next match, it will wipe. Right. It will cleanse and reassess and put you with similar skill level. Right. Uh, because the the AI they have uh, that you're that's supported by the cloud from for Microsoft on Xbox Live, it always keeps track of that. <clears throat> and when you have it on uh excuse me for Microsoft Studios three four three with Halo Five, it does it off the bat. Right. Where it does it. And like, I've heard people, you know, Grouse, me included, oh, why the hell am I in this match with a 30? Uh, that's probably a nine-year-old who, when this game launched, hasn't stopped playing. Right. And he just, by and it's, experience, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. And he's not necessarily better. It's just he's been playing. Right. And But the game said, we're looking at the algorithms, and Nate knows, sure, Nate knows how to move here, move there, and he, he's naturally good at finding and shooting. Uh, Timmy's just good at playing consistent matches, so they should be okay. Right. We're going to pin them together. But both of them are going to get a bob. And then even further, <laughs> right. a specialist like Phil the Sniper. You know, they're going to, right. And that's how it does it. But when Dice goes, well, I don't give a shit. We reward those who bought the, the, pre, the pre-pack and the season pack. Right. And we're going to give them 15 hours of, of, of advanced weaponry yep. uh, to add to their weapon systems off the bat. So it's like back to the flag football scenario. Uh, we're going to take... Um, Whatever top of the line linebackers out right now with a star quarterback and whatever neighborhood kids are around, that'll be on their team. And then whatever schlubs are on the other team is what they'll have. Well, and to me, I think that uh, that um, Battlefield is a prime example of a company releasing a game not completely finished and m- basically making you pay or wait for the rest of it to come out in yep. in in updates and in DLC. And that's another thing I'm not cool with. Like to me, video games are fucking expensive. They're the most expensive entertainment like they're more expensive than any book, they're more expensive than any movie, they're more expensive than any fucking comic book. Uh, the, the, but I mean, look at the, this By book generality. You, right, By generality. Generally speaking, it it's it's probably the most expensive 
you know, interactive entertainment that you're going to purchase. You take the $500 system, you take the $60 games to pop into account. Right. You take the $40, $40 usually season pass. And 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 let's let's look at it like this, you know, what what is what does Netflix cost you a month? 12 bucks tops. Yep. You know, what does, you know, insert entertainment yeah, interactive entertainment point here. Made, point made. Right. And so they're going to make you pay for that. And then oh, but do you want a bunch of weapons? That you should be getting anyways because you're paying sixty dollars. Well, how you about you spend sore spot with me. How, how about you spend a hundred dollars and we'll give you we'll give you some skins or we'll give you the, the it the, it's I'm done with if, that shit. If you're gonna do what I think was done well by Ubisoft, mm-hmm. done well by the Assassin's Creed franchise, we're gonna give you a season pass. And in the case of Syndicate, it's not just it's, it's I'm not giving you an outfit only. Right. You're going to get a cool outfit. It's going to be steampunk esque because we're in Victoria, London. That's cool, right, Bob? Wait, there's more. We're going to give you Jack the fucking Ripper DLC when it launches. You will get it and you will download it and you can hunt down Jack the Ripper. Right. Wait a minute. There's more. This also gives you access to World War I content. That's right. World War I. You'll have access to that mission. Wait, there's more. There's a new mission off the bat you can go do. That when you hit a certain point in the, in the sequence in the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the game, that you can go back to your hideout and take on this unique mission called The Longest Night. There's more. We're going to be releasing tons of more content that's coming out that's going to be quality. And all this is what we're asking you for is that we had literally a studio that's proven we have tons of ideas around history relating to this franchise. It's Assassin's Creed. And we're telling you an amazing story. And we were telling you an amazing story all the way from Assassin's Creed 1 to now. Right. And it's been ongoing and added to. It did not retrograde. It is similar because it's it's an overarching story. However, the gameplay has changed, and they've gotten better, and they've critiqued it, and it's moved up. And they did one bold thing, I think, that stands out above any company. They know when an idea was bad and had to go back to the drawing board. Case of multiplayer. They said Assassin's Creed Unity came out. Now you and up to three of your friends can run around and do blah, blah, blah. They right. took the data from that and went... <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> they said that. Right. That, that company said this is a bad idea. Right. Why? In Syndicate, <clears throat> you can't even get a friend to watch what you're doing online. <laughs> it is single player, back to what it knew, and yeah. they focus on gameplay and content. But when you when that season pass was offered, you bet your ass I put the money down on it because I knew what I was getting. Yep. Unlike other games like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Buy the special thing, and dude, you get a robot skin. Do you want neon guns? Do you want Nuketown? $3. Do you want to pay $3 for something that doesn't exist? And, oh, by the way, all the time you spend in this game, by this time next year, it'll all be pointless because you'll have to buy a new game. It's not an advantage, not unique. That's sort of what kind of turned me off to like MMORGs where they were free to play, but then they became pay to win where it's like, you want to have this awesome, badass weapon ripping suit, (laughs) spend money for in going games (laughs) on the subject of our call of duty, uh, money fucking sinks. Here's the major problem. If you go, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to subscribe to that mentality. I've been playing black ops two for a year. I've unlocked every gun at gold. I spent uh, $30 on on gun skins. I'm the shit at Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Uh, well, guess what? The entire community has jumped ship to the new one. And all that's left in the old one are the hackers and the scammers and yep. the glitchers and the assholes. So guess what? All that money you invested in this game, now this game is unplayable. If you go play Call of Duty uh, Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 2, which is arguably the best in the series, right. 
It is fucking unplayable. It's unplayable because it's literally all glitchers, all hackers, all modders, all fucking assholes that have turned that game into a pile of shit. And uh, Activision, they don't care. They're, they're not going to support that right. because they've moved on too. So go fuck yourself. The community is forward momentum. If you want to stay in, oh, you know, oh nine, that's your problem. Deal with it. So There's, you can't even you can't even have that mentality of, well, I've mastered this game. I'm going to continue to 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 play this game. But to talk about the cool things of, uh, you know, just to get into the content, the new ones. Uh, cool thing about Call of Duty Black Ops Three, uh, customization is still there, but customization now is makes sense. It's not just customizing your gun type and what you can have on it. That's your weapon system is your personal weapon system, but you can almost ground make right. your weapon system within its category. So your shotgun is still a shotgun, but look, type, put your emblem on it, make your own emblem. Um, your even your caller ID tags you can unlock the black market with more unlockables. That's all there to to love and enjoy. You also have your now uh, idea of specialists, and different specialists have special abilities you can do off the bat. You pick one specialty, you think it's a choice of four that you start with, and as you level up in multiplayer, you unlock all the, the other ones, the more advanced ones. I can't say better, I haven't played them yet, but I've played against them, and they don't seem to have any more particular advantage than another, except for the one that's the last one, the ultra, or the last two. Um, the One of them is, of course, the guy can go invisible. I think that's a hell of an advantage in a shooter, no matter who you are. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool. And every specialist <clears throat> has their own story, too. There's a bio card in the back that tells you about the person, who they are, where they come from, all that. I think that's really good and smart on their part to keep you engaged. Then you have the firebug as the last one who gets fucking flamethrower. And like I told Nate when I saw it, if you were ever a fan of Cobra on G.I. Joe, you know, cartoon, period, or even owned the toy, it's Firefly. Right, it looks like them and everything. It, yeah, it's Firefly. That's the last unlock because you're... I'm going to be Firefly. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's going to happen. And the things that you're excited about, the unlockable, customizable, that's all the exact same stuff I'm completely over. Yeah. I'm totally, don't give a shit about any of that. The reason why I like Black Ops 3. Well, hang on. It's, I don't know if you're aware of it. It's customizable because it, it actually has an effect. Right. It's not a swapping skin. No, and, and, and no, I get that. Yeah. I also don't care about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the one thing that I was most concerned with is gameplay. I like a fast-paced game that isn't real glitchy. You know, there's decent, you know, hit detection. Well, it's because range matters again. Right. It matters now. Right. I think they finally got it through their thick head that if I have a pistol, I shouldn't be killing you with the same effectiveness as a sniper also, rifle. Also, they actually added bullet physics from, finally. It actually is awesome. Like, I can have a shotgun, and if I am not from, if I am not five feet, I'm not one-hit <clears throat> killing you. No. So, but if you're at 15, I will two-hit kill you. And it says clearly on the weapon when you have it, this will one-hit kill someone if you hit them from the torso up. This will two-hit kill someone. It lets you know because it's like, okay, stupid, you can't read what a range increment is. Right. So here's the, this is as bare bones as we can make it. And, and, and of course, this, this all comes from the limited play that we've had. We played the beta. The beta was entertaining and good enough for me to go, I, I, might, I might think about picking this game up. And then we've played some multiplayer and we've had great games. We've had shitty games, but I was never like, I feel like this game cheated me out of kills right. or a win. So in that sense, I, I'm very pleased, you know, in the 10 or 11 hours or whatever we've put into multiplayer, 
I've had a good experience. I have no complaints yep. about the multiplayer at all. Even zombies and what's going to get you to pick it up. They've added Cthulhu. Dude, fucking <laughs> yes, no. I, I, I I've heard <laughs> the zombies. I was is... sort of on the fence about it because I didn't play Black Ops Two. I kind of avoided Advanced Warfare because it just looked kind of dumb to me. Yeah, and Ghosts was not so great. And I avoided Ghosts. Like the last Call of Duty game I've played was Three, and for me that like Advanced uh, well, Modern Warfare Three, and for me that was the end of the storyline. Price got his you know whatever. Yep. It was really cool, and then after that, I was like, nah. like I played Black Ops. I thought the storyline was kind of cool. I feel like I feel like that the video game developers, the people that are making shooters, they need to reboot. Okay, yep. I would not have a problem playing a Call of Duty game that takes place during World War II. I wouldn't mind it even during Xbox World War One. No. no, I wouldn't mind either. I'd be totally cool with. We've okay. We've perfected the physics. We've perfected the movement, the gameplay. All right, now let's start back from what made us. But they would have to have pop. Like, you can't just go back and rehearse and because you'd be doing what you were talking right, about yeah. that you don't like. I'm not saying you rehash. You can't just go and do it, but you got to figure out what... Because that's their challenge, right? Right. It's not just... You can tell a million stories about those those eras, but the fact is, one, get the story. Two, can your gameplay match justify redoing a game? Mm-hmm. These are million-dollar games, right? Billion-dollar games and some. Right. So if that's the case, the only thing you can think of that can make it better... Instead of being able to pick up a guy on the ground and he's alive again, respawn as someone else in the battlefield. That, to me, I think as a player, especially with the next-gen console, it's nothing to have somebody's body die and stay there. Yeah. I rather I, I don't know why that's great to me, but I think I know why. It adds it a sense of realism. Yes. It's, it's like more if, immersive. If I'm in trench warfare in World War One and I can't get past this blockade because I've died ten times and my team's having trouble jumping over my corpse... Maybe I need to hang the fuck back and start clearing my corpses <laughs> right. out. As morbid as you may think that is, it's fucking war. You're right. The worst thing about me, and I don't give a shit if this makes me sensitive. When I play World War II, this is a tragic, horrific time, and we have the technology. Instead of watching it in the History Channel, you want to make me pay attention, make a game based on World War II, and when I see it, I have to experience it and what it must have been like. You want to know what it's like to, have to be a survivor of the Holocaust? Play a level where you're in it. And experience that. No, I I definitely agree. Go ahead. Well, with the whole, like, you know, talk about rebooting the first-person shooter, that's sort of why me and you are really interested in Far Cry Primal. Absolutely. Because it goes way back to where you're a caveman. We can't fathom. I don't know anything about Far Cry. Well, basically, Far Cry Primal, um, you're literally, I guess it's set 4,000 B.C., (laughs) and you're a primitive hunter in this valley, so you can get jumped by a saber-toothed tiger or a giant sloth. Now, is this like a DLC? or No, this is a a full-blown game, and you are literally like... Like the the apex weapon was is a it bow a year and arrow. Ago that Far Cry Four came out. Yeah, yeah and it was oh, interesting, dude. Fucking, but because I, I, I was Cry, like, Far Cry Four just came out. Far Cry again is a PlayStation original. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where it started. And you gotta understand, PlayStation is good at coming out with original. Always has been. Yeah, I'll be the first to say Microsoft's a company that is cautious. You make a franchise as good, we'll buy your franchise. Right. No, we'll make a game like it though. We'll compete. Fair. Fair. All right. And then they'll they'll give their version. It's either good or you never hear about it again. Right. And that's I I am unabashed and offer no apologies. I actually respect it. It's called business sense. PlayStation is where your artists live in terms of they're going to come out with like a thousand shit games because let's face it, not every artist can be the unique snowflake that does it for everybody. Right. But they do have diamonds in the rough, and one of them is Far Cry. Now, when Far Cry got popular enough, Microsoft was like, "You're getting bought," and they yet we are. <laughs> and they're over here now, and you can play it. And Far Cry is notorious for having a well-immersive environment, 
you can hunt for resources, and most importantly, the villain is usually my god. The villain is amazing, <laughs> and, you're, and you're hunted. But when me and Chris saw Primal, they didn't mention a villain. Do they need to? No, the villain is the environment because <laughs> right. you are literally a caveman and everything is three times bigger than you and it probably wants to eat you. That's a really cool concept. And I, I, I am. And they I even approve. they even talk about multiplayer. So it'd be like we could all be a tribe warring for fire and we need to go get a mammoth. <laughs> We're warring for fire. It would right. be like us trying to take on a garbage truck. With like primitive weapons, <laughs> right. it's, it's like, oh, that city bus is coming. Well, what do you got? I, well, I got a hammer. Uh, Bob's got a crowbar. I, what do you have on you? you? I got yeah. some keys. My experience with Far Cry was Far Cry Three was mildly entertaining. It was touted as like a modern day version of Skyrim. So of course, my sucker ass was like, oh, I'll give it a try. Played it for a couple hours. Kind of was like, eh, I don't like the gameplay. Then they came out with the what was it, Blood Dragon? Yeah. And of course, I was sucked the fuck in. That I was like, "This is the shit. This is the coolest thing." This was I bought it for my younger brother for Christmas. I bought him a DLC game. Like that's how into that Far I was. Far Cry. Do you like the eighties? It was fucking <laughs> awesome. So I was like, "Okay, these people. You know, I will. I'm a fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. They come out with a new game. I'll wait and see how it is. If it appears to be good, I'll pick it up. Primal's gonna get got. That's just what has to be." But uh, oh, so we had we've fit a couple. Um, Star Wars is just, I think is the new next one people are waiting to drop. Mm-hmm. I feel it's going to have the same complaints, sort of how you guys have with Battlefield about the whole, you know, okay, you know that guy bought it on day one. He's got he's been playing it religiously because apparently he just does meth and plays this video game, so he doesn't have to sleep, and he has everything unlocked within the first week of it. And we pick it up, and we're playing it. We're getting tooled on by this guy and his, like, eight friends. (laughs) But it's Star Wars, so it still has that going for it. Yeah, the beta was decent. Um, I, again, not super great at it. Um, You don't need to be. And and it's, it's the same reason why I'm not very good at any of the Battlefield games. There's a different kind of feel for how the movement is, how the guns shoot. And it's, it's one that doesn't really connect with me. The reality is there's too much going on. Yep. Which is a good thing. It's a war. It's a battle front. Battlefield did that well too. I'm not going to say they didn't. The problem is you have to get good. And I and I did get good at Battlefield, but I quit at that point. It was mm-hmm. too trying. It was not yeah. fun at a point because I had to be to be top. You had to really be on your game and have a squad. You know, I only did well when I had a squad that could support my point and where I was doing and what I had going on. Now, Star Wars, even on the beta, I saw very quickly, you got to have a squad. Yeah. People can spawn right on you. Got to have a buddy system. And some of the things implemented, though, is that don't expect to live. Off the bat, this is the, for the love of Star Wars and fighting in the battlefields are in Star Wars. That's it. So once you realize that, if you own the game, we do, um, that's the, you know, it's already on the system. Just got to wait for it to be able to release date, play it. The idea behind it is, is great. You wanted to know what it was like for Luke Skywalker to run across the battlefield on Hoth and, and possibly run a Darth Vader? Great, because it's in the game. Everybody gets to play it. You want to fight a land speeder? Great, it's in the game. Wanted to fight one of those gigantic land walkers or pilot one to, to shoot out of it? it? It's there. So everything you wanted to do and love, it's like exploring the movie by being in it. In, in the battlefield itself, but you will die like 20, 30 times. Yeah, the only thing I'm really looking forward to in Battlefront is being able to just fly around in an X-Wing and a TIE Fighter and shoot other people in X-Wings and TIE You're Fighters. Love it. I could really care less about the, the, the land warfare aspect, 
but because I really haven't had, I mean, apart from Elite Dangerous being out, I really haven't had that whole, I can fly around and shoot stuff as opposed to run around on the ground and shoot stuff. It's fun. Can we talk about an underdog for a second that we played and loved the shit out of in a beta? Yeah, absolutely. Rainbow Six? Yep. Uh, I uh, we, we got the opportunity to play the beta just like everybody else, I suppose. Um, and that game was fucking enjoyable for all the reasons <laughs> that that for everything that is missing from other first person shooters this is not a game of competition against your friends or against other teams it is a game that required the utmost cooperation with your team tom clancy historically is a cocksucker when he makes a game and every I rainbow fell, six game has been hard as fuck and i fell in love with him because <clears> of it because he's a guy who's a fan of military He's a fan of military, he's a fan of black ops, and he's a fan of making a realistic shooter. Always has been. I remember playing Rainbow Six SWAT, where I was on the computer years ago, and you had to understand what the term slicing the pie. Yeah. And slicing the pie is literally how you would clear a room upon entry. You you need to know how to do it, how to check a corner and make sure it's safe. And it's slicing the pie is looking straight and taking a 90 degree. It's wall to the next turn. Yep. And, and it's your job to do that. And if everybody on your team doesn't understand that, you will fail. Yep. And Tom Clancy gives no second chances. Yeah. You will do it and learn by the numbers. Well, I even remember on. playing the original Rainbow Six on PC. In the beginning, you don't before you even get to run around and shoot people, you literally have a map and you have to plan out where everybody goes, yep. where the triggers are, what equipment they have. And then as soon as you start, you're like, okay, Alpha Team, go. Okay, Alpha Team's waiting for you. We got to get to this point. And believe it or not, even <clears> doing the, the little research I've done on it, it was talking about, well, how I remember an article was released, like how, how accurate is Tom Clancy in his games to what's going on? Because he got popular with that uh, that Black Ops game that he made that was its own franchise. I can't really, I can't remember it. Um, uh, see, it was on it's, uh, Rainbow Six. Uh, it wasn't a Rainbow Six. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know which one you're talking. It was a third person shooter yeah, as well. Yeah. Third person shooter where you're the spy and you're Tom running Clancy's around. Splinter Cell. Yeah. It was Splinter Cell. And the Splinter Cell franchise was it was another great idea by him that went into more conspiracies about how Black Ops really is and what a super Black Ops agency might be. The, the entertainment's there. But they actually had SWAT because people from SWAT were so into what Tom Clancy was doing because Tom Clancy actually talks to SWAT people. Yeah. And he did research of what they did and he heard about what they thought would be would work if somebody had the idea behind it. Well, he put it in a video game. And what I think is awesome What's great about technology, today I might say it'd be really cool if um, I'm a SWAT officer and it'd be really great if we had some sort of indicator to tell us that's the enemy, that's my friend. So I'm not relying on squad positioning, I'm more focused on making the shot. And it's like, oh, that's really cool, I wish there was that. And then a decade later, it's out. Right. We were told it can't happen, engineers can't make it, we wouldn't even know the foggiest idea, and all of a sudden it's out. Well, Tom Clancy did that. There was a lot of gear. For instance, the gun that it has a camera around corners that we're now actively using in the military, that was first seen in a Tom Clancy game mm-hmm. for, for a SWAT idea out of nowhere. And they made that fucking idea. They were like, great, make it happen. Right. And, you know, I the article quoted it. Could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty positive I'm not because it was like year like over right. twenty years. Well, yeah, that was that. well when Tom Clancy was alive, he was really on sort of into the whole DARPA scene too. He knew a lot of stuff that defense advanced projects warfare was coming out with, and he's been writing books about oh, warfare. To, like one of my favorite movies, Hunt for the Red October, is yep. one of his books. And so when he finally got into like making, he didn't so much like get into I'm going to make a game. It was people are like, well, we like your concept. Can you sort of be 
like an advisor to us and he'd come in and be like well that's not how that would work this is how it would work and they're like that's awesome right so i mean because especially because that long developed game that's going to come out eventually the division comes out next year and that actually looks really cool the division is going to be off the well, hang on do that in order the game you're talking about mm-hmm. well uh so when we played the beta um Remember the full title of the game because I don't. Rainbow Six Siege. Thank you. Yes. So, so Rainbow Six Vegas Two was the first game of this style that I played, and it was an unforgiving motherfucker. <laughs> it was hard as fuck. And there, uh, from what I understand, with the new game, there is a multiplayer, you know, player on player yep. aspect to it. But that's not what was available in the beta, and that's fine because we got to be that fucking team trying to storm the house <laughs> and you know for those of you who've never played it it's not like a a call of duty where you run in you get shot you respawn you run in you get shot no you get shot and you die and you're dead and that's it and when everybody on your team is dead the game is over you fucking lose right and it's one of those games where you've got to play a level five six times before you get down the okay you, where you literally start becoming the squad like you're talking like, all right, Bob, clear left, <laughs> you know, right. like, and it, 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 who's got you... breach, who's got breach. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're like, I got contacts on my sensor. Right. It's, it's a Breaches game where go overwatch. What's the second floor? You know, if there's only three of us playing the game. We can only play with three people. We can't let a dummy from some other game come it. in and join ours. Won't do it. No, because we don't, do we don't need that guy's going to like flashbang us when we're in the room. Yeah. Because or it'll happen. Or you in the bag. Right. Or you spawn and everyone gets sprayed and the game is over. And you're like, fucking douchebag. And the one thing that I, you know, whether they meant to do it or not, um, Cortana is a cunt. And i sorry for dropping the C-bomb, but she is, dude. That AI is unforgiving even in the beta. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, they have these bomb guys, these suicidal bomb terrorists <laughs> that you hear the beep and Nate's sweating. Off the bat, I know at the sound, Nate's like, yep. oh, it's coming <laughs> because these things dove for Nate yep. because he's a super aggressor or was, and he would be the first through the door to the middle of the building on his own. And these things would like, hey, there he is and run at him. And they take like half a clip to drop if you're not hitting them all head. Yeah. And they, then they dive on you. They're dying anyway. That's their point. And they dive on you and explode and they could take out the squad and they have. And, and what the AI did was, okay. You guys figured out you got to breach the door with an explosive. No problem. We're no longer by the door. It spawned again, and the AI is like, cool. They're back about five meters behind a wall. Yeah. Door blows up. Now we're coming. What do you do? And, you know, <clears throat> they had, I believe the one where multi-kill us, the proof of the AI, I always say that. I always like to see it. We had Phil sniping, and he decided he was going to get up, not on a perch. He was just sitting back far enough, and he was going to shoot between us. And we're like, that bomb guy's always through this door. We're going to get that bomb guy. He's fucking done. Right, bomb guy wasn't through the door. Nate was breaching. Jeff's on the left with the shotgun waiting. Uh, Brandon was at the mid. I was lying down at the midpoint between Phil and the rest of the team to pick anybody up and lay down cover fire. That was it. I had I had old painless. I had the LMG. I was ready. I was hot. Nate blows the door. No bomb guy. What the hell? Phil stood up and he's trying to look around to see where the bomb guy is. Bomb guy jumped from the roof right to the middle of us and killed us. Why? We didn't move at the door because we were waiting to see the bomb guy come out. Right. That was the plan. Bomb guy came to you. But it wasn't just the bomb guy. The whole building waited. It's like they were sitting there like, come in. And yeah. you could just see this AI's playing we, chess. We were playing chess. I checkers. think it took us like two or three games total to, to learn, like really learn. We cannot strategize this like we would a normal video game. We can't 
strategize because we know where the enemies are going to be because every single time you reload that level, it's completely changed. Right. It's completely changed. Their strategies changed. The elements in the, uh, you know, their defenses are changed. The enemies are changed. Sometimes we didn't even find a bomb guy. Sometimes there were three of them. We played one level where literally a guy jumped out the window on top of me and blew me up. Uh, the <laughs> next game, it's the guy ran out the front door and blew me up. And like, it was literally like game after game. These fucking bomb guys were just like, oh, ah, we want to blow him up in, in particular. And I was like, what the fuck? And then they knew the strategy of cover fire mm -hmm. or suppression fire. Phil was shooting long distance outside the door and it's on like a target range is the board. And because of that, they just launched suppression fire from up top on the building. It was three dudes just laying lead all where Phil was and they, they dropped Phil. And we're like, damn, that sucks. Well, I run all the way out the building to get Phil. They had three guys camping Phil. Nice. So I had to kill three dudes. I get dropped. Phil dies. Brandon runs out there and he had to crawl. I know for a fact he crawled half the field on the other side. Came up, finished off the dude, picked me up. And then we go to go back in. Bomb guys killed us. Had yeah. to do it again. And, and when you play the game in hard or realistic, like they're... It's very hard and realistic. That's the other amazing thing. Normally you play a game, you won't get off regular. Just whatever. I'm not looking for whatever. Just tell me this the story. Game, the harder it got, the more you liked it. Like yeah. we did regular with the full team and, and, and we <laughs> did it until we got we beat it. Then we went up and up and up. Well, as, it, as the difficulty went up, we had to get smarter and we had to get tight on our game and we couldn't make mistakes and whatever. And it challenged you and you met the challenge. And that's what was, that's a good game. Yeah. And also, you know, it helps you to, you know, when you have like, say somebody on your team is not as skilled, you know, it allows you to go, we know where your strength is. So we're going to have you do this, you know, or, uh, you know, Nate, make sure you three times now, man, you fucking put your head up against that window. You're not learning. So we need to point it out. Stop putting your head against the window. <laughs> Because there's a motherfucker going to shoot it. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a window. I'll get down real low. But the fucking, <laughs> like, you get unrealistic, and the computer's aim is fucking impeccable. It's just like, yeah, pow. And you're like, you know, you're fucking waving your machine gun around like a jackass. Or, or when, I, my favorite point in that game is when we were at the front, it was always the house, and you could choose what entrance you'd spawn at, what entry point. Because it's siege. The idea is they're terrorists in the building. Yeah, you you're gotta the go. SWAT, get them out. Yep. And, and we're like, cool, we spawn in the boat side. And every time we spawn in the boat side, we'd go to the side of the building, and it's where the main door happened to be anyway. We would get smoked. Heavy resistance always in that main area. So we get there, and instead of trying to climb the top to breach the upper window or get to the basement and breach that, Phil's like, fuck it, spray the doors. We lay down lead. Just everything's getting thrown through. Flashbangs, grenades. And like, I'm imagining the AI. What the fuck is this? <laughs> As they brought Beirut to the right, middle of the room. Right. But when we actually... By the way, four of us died. I think it was Brandon who was left. And when he's going through, we're looking at... And that's the other cool thing. You get to look to see what they're doing. And how t twitchy and tense they are. It looked like Beirut. Yeah. It, you walked in like there was there was there was a shotgun sticking in the wall from an explosion. Nice, mm -hmm. just stuck there. Wood broken. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, there. I mean, there were some there were some little glitches and shit. And it, granted, it was a beta. Like uh, we'd always find this like when there's only one guy left, <laughs> he just shuts the fuck down. He just he, he, he's in his room, 
And he's just like, just head down, looking at the floor. And we're like, where the fuck is this guy? And you walk in the room and he's just like, man, just kill me. I always saw it as the I went best strategy. You have to find me and you have a minute to do it. Right. Or you lose. But but the really cool thing about it was it does have the elements of uh, destructive environments like uh, Battlefield, Battlefield does. Um, but to, I think to greater effect. Because when you're in you're in a house, right, and you're on the second floor, and there's three bedrooms and a bathroom and a shower, and you're ducked behind the fucking wall, and the computer knows you're in that fucking room, and they're just obliterating those fucking walls. And you're like, fuck, I need to get to the bathtub, you know? And, it, like, it creates that sense of panic. And uh, I, that's just from... Because from, you can only play those uh, breaching you couldn't play those defending. Right. So I'm looking forward to being able to play, you know, defensively and, you know, right. And, and, and hang out in a room and, you know, build up my defenses and take people out as they come in. So that's, that's like the underdog, but I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, to picking that up. That should be uh, honest. It is, uh, it is about that time. So it is, I do need to go and see a lady about dinner. See a man about a horse. All right. Fair enough. Well, um, or that. Thank you for joining us, Chris. No uh, problem. Definitely an enjoyable podcast. It was very nubile. I uh, enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and uh, same same as ever, you know, share it with your friends. Like it on Facebook. Um, make us heard by other people if you enjoy what we do. And if you don't, go fuck yourself. Um, it, it's we're getting into the time where it's it's the holiday season, and you know there won't be no fuck Hank Pym. Uh, instead, uh, spend your last moments in Hank Pym. There is last. <laughs> that's all i want to say i don't know what he did to you but i feel sorry for that man <laughs> <My new ball. laughs>